Welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast, Temple Archives Books, Alphabet Squadron, Victory's Price, just in case we didn't have enough subtitles for this episode. My name is Noma, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dan. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Getting into the end of Victory's Price, which, or not Victory's Price, Alphabet Squadron. So that's pretty <laughs> cool. I'm I'm finally, finally happy that we, uh, we got to the end of it. Yeah, that's fair. It's been an interesting ride. And my other co-host is Ed. Hello! How are you doing? I, yeah, good. And I really enjoyed this series. Yeah, it's good to talk about it. I have a lot to get off my chest. Oh yeah, I think we're going to have a, a good discussion this episode. So, speaking of this episode, before we dive in, Ed, do you mind telling the viewers what this podcast is about? Absolutely, and if you followed the last two books, then you know we go right into the story. We give you a quick synopsis of it, then we really get into our spoilers, and we tell you how it relates either to Legends or Canon. We'll have our discussion about it, and this one's probably going to be a little hefty, so bear with us. And this time, we know where it fits in the timeline. It is right oh, yeah. there. It is right at the end of these good, good times. So we really want to get into this book, but before we do... You probably have a lot to say about it, too. And Dan's going to tell you how you can get into contact with us if you have any questions or if there's anything you want to say about it. Yeah, if you want to find us over at voiceoftheforce.com, you can do that. Find all our episode posts there with all the show notes and episode images, alternate episode images if we have any. And you can also find our shop there for any t-shirts that you want to buy to support us. You can go and email us at voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. And there you can send us a voice of the fans email and let us know what you thought of the episode that you listened to and any comments, questions, or opinions or anything like that. You can find us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at VoiceForcePod. Again, that's at VoiceForcePod. You can retweet or repost our episode tweets or posts on Instagram. It does help with growing our listener base and is very much appreciated if you put on your stories or your fleets or your... I don't know. Whatever you want to do on social media, you do that. I'd be really much appreciated. Again, thank you to Rule Farm Boy for tweeting out that he's listening to the podcast. So I really appreciate that. You can also listen, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all major podcast platforms. Reviewing with five stars and a comment helps with our visibility. So please do that because five stars we just completed the alphabet squadron trilogy so do five stars please let us know what you thought <laughs> ed's just like what and I mean, subscribe I'm... for free for the latest episode as soon as it releases oh and remember to listen to the outro to find out what we'll be covering in the next episode of devil archives thanks dan and i hope that exorcism <laughs> for that opera spirit inside you goes well <laughs> Five stars. I, I mean, I know Noma was supposed to do the whole Mon Calamari ballet, but this is really <laughs> off for now. Doing it. This is Emperor Palpatine's jam over here. Okay. <laughs> Loves them operas. Only when he's uh, trying to corrupt people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, with that being said, let's get into this review. So, the cover of this book, plus all of the info that we got here, Alphabet Squadron, Victory's Price. The author is Alexander Freed, once again. The cover artists are Jeff Langevin and Scott Beale, and the narrator for the audiobook is January Lavoie. If I butchered any of these names, I apologize. So, yeah, we've got a, a kind of nice cover image that kind of ties the whole series in, as we can see, you know, 
almost all of the members of Alphabet Squadron here chasing a single tie, which is very relevant later in the book. And uh, we also got, we all thought this was Nat Tenzin at first, but it's actually apparently Will Lark on the front cover. And he's aged hard. <laughs> yeah, he looks a lot older than I expected him to. I also never he's expected him to have facial hair. hair. Yeah. Well, he didn't have facial hair in the art that he was shown in for the beginning of the series. So I think that's they also do, what ages yeah. him up a lot. Well, they do mention that at the beginning when um, they're just like all the responsibilities he's had to take and everything from there. It's just like, you know, he's he's talking on the bridge and they, they just Hera describes him and what he looks like. Mm. And it's just like, mm. oh, OK, yeah, it's it's been some time. I missed that part at the beginning, I think, with the, the facial hair part. But yeah, this same. is like, yeah, he's got so many responsibilities, guys. He, he just can't, he doesn't have the time to shave. He just doesn't have it anymore. <laughs> I genuinely believe that. Though. I do. It's too. just like the minute you have <laughs> to, to do something, it's like, all right, sleep. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. Okay, I'm on my way. Yeah, a lot of your own priorities become uh, secondary, which doesn't make sense. I do love this mm. cover, though. Like the Jeff Langevin guy, like he does this like minimalist, like we talked about in the first one, like a minimalist, mm. but also like detailed art. And it just, yeah. it is so good. I'm glad they kept the same design for all three books where they're yeah, me too. same, you know, minimalist design, but also has like the, the ships in there with the pilot. That's like the, the mm -hmm. head of the book kind of thing. Um, the colors, he's chosen a lot of like complementary colors as well, which I think go really well together. Mm. The blue it's and the, the orange. Color. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's contrast, right? Because blue and orange are, are opposites. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It really, really pops out, and especially, especially with the A-wing on the front, that's where you really get that like the shadows are power kind of thing. Yeah, because you, you really see the detail, even though there is none. Oh yeah, you get so much stuff out of that. So yeah, it looks really, really nice. Like I, I would honestly, if you could take out the titles, like the Star Wars and Victory Spice and all that, blah yeah. blah blah, I would get like a collection of all three of those covers. Oh yeah, as, like definitely. posters. Those posters, yeah, yeah, that would be really nice. But also January Lavoy voicing this one. Fantastic job. She's done a few oh, yeah. Star Wars Real books that I've listened to, and oh my god, she's great. She does a really good mm -hmm. job with the female and male voices, and Alexander Freed, good job writing these books, man. He did a pretty good job. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I honestly wish they had stuck with, if they had to have a narrator do all three, Yeah, it would have been mm -hmm. January. No, no, and I don't mean this as disrespect to any of the previous narrators for them. It's just that I think she had the bonus of listening to the last two and then being like, okay, so this is how you sound here. This is what this one kind of sounds like. So you're not just pulling this out of your head, just be like, okay, mm. I think this is what, and it's like, mm. no, they, they've established something. So you're, you've built on that and you've really shaped them well. Yeah, I assume yeah. they have the uh, like audio directors that are the same too. So that they have like a way they want to portray a character, they probably, I would assume they uh, have talked like Alexander Freed and stuff about like what these characters sound like. Yeah. They're, how they should be coming off in the book, that kind of thing. Because with the even with the three of them, I feel like the one character who has stayed the same with cadence and everything like that was Nath. Oh yeah. Each yeah. each narrator got him right. Yes, I yes, think. he's the one. There, I was there were yeah, there were definitely ones that they were just all over the place. <laughs> like for for Chaz for January, her voice is a little too high pitched for me. I think the first narrator got Chaz Chaz and the Chaz Perfect. perfectly. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah, so even if they did this as like a drama where they had three of them doing it, I would have loved that because mm. at least, you know, they would have gotten each rendition of the voices that I had in my head. Yeah, that's a good point. No, I think that I agree with that a lot. I actually, if we're talking about all of them, like the first one I really like and this one I really like. The second one, I think it was blue and white. So mm. it didn't have that same like pop effect. It was, it was more was it that one I don't know, but it was more okay. focused on Chas. I remember her yes. from that cover, but the mm. color scheme is off. But for the first one, I remember Quell. I remember the like orange and purple. 
on the yeah. thing. And then with this one's Victory Express, they look great. That second one is in that kind of, eh, you did a good job. Yeah, on, you're right. It's gray in the background, blue on the triangle. Yeah. yeah, well, and specifically, it's a blue-gray. So I think that also doesn't really yeah. help. Like, the, the blues kind of merge in with each other compared to the other two. Like, yeah. on its own, it still looks good. Yeah, the but... two are, like, very contrasty, which is what really makes it pop. Mm-hmm. Almost like something from the like nineteen seventies for the first one, nineteen eighties kind of like that it, weird like super high contrast. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it has nothing to do with it, but this guy just kind of reminds me of Armada in a sort of way. <laughs> if it needed to have another cover, I could see them doing something like this. Sure, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, he spent way too much time on this cover. Yeah, for the last one in the series, it deserves it. We're done. That's the that's the review of the book. Just the cover. Don't judge a book by by its cover, but we did for this one. Well, let's judge it by the contents as well. And with that, we'll get into the synopsis. After the shocking events of Shadowfall, Alphabet Squadron continues the hunt for the Imperials' 204th Shadow Wing. The disparate parts of Alphabet Squadron must try and overcome their inner demons in the face of a resurgent war as they race towards a monumental event. All right, so that's the spoiler-free synopsis that we've got here. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a little bit before the podcast started, but what are you guys' overall thoughts on uh, Victory's Price? Yeah, no, I, I really like this one. It was not only due to time constraints, but I was, like, setting, like, chunks of time to devote to the book specifically throughout the last few days, and it was, like, as I was going through it, that those chunks were getting longer and longer and longer just based on where the story was and how much I wanted to know. But in terms of spoiler free stuff, man, this book is a great setup. Like this is an end of a, of a trilogy that doesn't tell you it's preparing you for the next series, Mm. but makes you want to go right into it because of the way it ends. What can I say without revealing my face? It's tough. It's tough. Cause this book just all, all the questions you've had, just from reading Alphabet Squadron and Shadowfall, mm-hmm. a lot of them get answered. But prepare yourself for if you've been on this ride of character development. And this book will make you mad if you have been. Because there's a lot yeah. of, at least for me, there was a lot of backwards movement or regression is too, is too steep. But a lot of backwards. Mm-hmm. Like, there are too many steps back for a few characters. It was like, yeah. Why? Uh, because I don't think it was explained very well. If you just put it down to the reasoning of I'm tired, it's very hollow. And especially with all the buildups and all the interactions we've had and all the reasonings that have come through and everything that's been said, it's, yeah, hollow is the best way I can describe that because you, mm-hmm. you, you feel like there needs to be more for your reasoning as to what you're doing or why you want to do things. So come into this one excited but pre- prepared and it's a good book because it does brings these reactions out of you and it's from the beginning of this trilogy it slowly did that up until here where it was just like here here's something to feel about here's another thing to feel about here's another thing to rage about oh you're gonna cheer about this like there was the right amount of fan service in this book alongside other stuff like i'll Mm -hmm. get to that in the spoilery part too because there was one point where i was just like i know what you're talking about oh wow it's so random, but cool. I know about this. And you just decided that you want, okay, yeah, I'm going to this. So there were, okay. there was a lot of little bits in this I really like. So yeah, good book. Nice. And uh, Dan, how about you? Um, I enjoyed the book. It was, uh, it was good. Good way to end this series, I thought. I didn't, I don't know. I, I didn't think that it was going to do some of the things it did. 
with the characters. I am happy it did some things with other characters and it did with others. With the specific... Yeah, it's hard to say things without saying things. <laughs> yeah, without spoiling stuff. Exactly. Overall, yeah, I would I would say it's it's a fun read or listen. If you are going to be re picking this up and reading it, I would probably recommend reading it rather than listening to it. I think only because of the change of the narrators throughout the the three books. But apart from that, like the story's pretty good. It goes into things that we've seen in other books and other uh, pieces of content, movies and stuff like that. It goes into characters that we've seen in, you know, Rebels with Harrison Dula and all that stuff. So there's a lot to look forward to, like Ed said. But there's a lot of things in here that just like take a far right turn. And it's like, whoa, like, where are we going here? You know, yeah, a 90 degree turn immediately. So, yeah. Yeah. And kind of adding on what you guys have been saying, I feel like the biggest war that I had with this book was uh, story versus characters. Because the story is really good and it's really solid. And, you know, I, I enjoyed listening to all of that kind of stuff and it all kind of worked together well. But yeah, what you guys have been saying, a lot of the characters are either just spinning on the spot or they're, there's a lot of problems that they have to deal with that they created. Mm. And it, it just it feels like a lot of setbacks for a couple of them. We'll get into that soon. But yeah, it's this constant thing where I'm really interested to see where the story is going. And then I got kind of annoyed when some of the characters were talking. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting end, at the very least. And again, when we get into spoilers, I'll talk about this more. But they did manage to do something with an event that I didn't think would be possible for me. Kind of kind of redeemed a, a little part of the sequel trilogy for me, just a little bit. Yep. Yeah, overall, it's it's interesting, I think. And if I think if you like the first two books, you'll probably enjoy this book as well. Sure. There's one thing I wanted to say about you said they're like spinning, spinning their wheels for some characters. Mm -hmm. It is the One Piece equivalent, I'll keep on doing this, of... Luffy getting stuck in something, whether it be like between two walls in a giant snake. It's like, come on, yeah. come on, come on, you can do it. Get out of there. Yeah. It's weird because with one of the characters, it's like they spin on the spot. They're just repeating all these weird problems that I don't understand why they have. And then eventually they get better. And then with one of them, it's they're spinning on the spot with problems that we've seen them dealing with for two books. And then they fall off the wheel and then crash down like 10 flights of stairs and catch fire. Yeah. And it's just like, what? What happened? Why did they, Completely why, preventable. Why happened? Yeah. So it was it was very strange, but uh, yeah, I think I think we've also kind of reached the the limit of what we'll be able to talk about for sure before we start spoiling things. So uh, from this point onwards, we're gonna have a little spoiler warning as always. So we're about to start just freely talking about the plot and you know everything that happens, all the spoilers, all the characters, everything that happens in this book. So if you want to listen to Victory's Price, stop here, go listen to it, and then come back. One thing I'd want to mention, like uh, something we haven't really said before, with all three of these books, they are divided into chapters, but those chapters also have like sub chapters in them as mm. well. So it'll be like, you know, chapter four, one, and mm. then two and three and four. They do it really well because these kind of really divide the characters as to where they are or what they're doing and they give each character their individual like hey this is your moment you talk about this mm -hmm. and here's your moment we'll go whatever was mentioned back there we'll really go into detail here so if you do like a character and you're like i want to know more about them they will all they will get their own segment oh yeah. it's like having a tv show and then you know this is this character's episode this is this character's episode like it'll happen um that's a really interesting and unique way of doing this, this is the first series in star wars i think has done something like that and it's it's done well because you have a squad and they each have their own things to deal with all the other squadron based books they 
kind of just try to tackle everybody all at once. And there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. And they still do the job. I'm thinking like Twilight Company, Inferno Squad. All it's like they still get the job done and they still tell a really good story. But this makes it really personal. And I think that's what causes mm-hmm. a lot of the reaction is that, you know, the falling down the stairs analogy and catching yeah, fire. And all yeah. like, we can make those because it's it's thrust at you and you have to deal with it the way that's these true. characters deal with it. And it's a really interesting way of storytelling. And it was done well. So that's if yeah, you're looking yeah. for a different kind of flow, this might also be for you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So, like we said before, spoilers ahead. This is the last spoiler warning. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if I say it enough times, hopefully no one will get angry at us. You, you might, you might be, you might have uh, Vin Diesel come up to you and be like, "Hey, take that off your car." <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a bit of a stretch. <laughs> I had to put it in there. I don't know why. I just had to. Unless your family. Yeah, unless yeah, your family. Then, then he'll different. give you a hug and tell you to say grace and eat dinner with him. <laughs> But uh, yeah, with that spoiler warning out of the way, let's get into our full, full-fledged discussion. So yeah, I guess just jumping into one thing that we've already touched on, I feel like a decent alternate title for this book would be Watch Everyone Break Down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just ha- like have some sort of mental Christ. trauma yeah, at some point in this book. And for some of them, I thought they were really justified. Like I thought, you know, Nath's kind of snapping point was, I really understood it. Nath's mm. and Kairos's. And Quells as well. Yeah, well, not at first. Huge, huge. Yeah, I, I didn't really sympathize with her at all at first until they expl- until she explained what her mission was. Mm. But yeah, afterwards. So those three, I thought all they did a really good job with all of them, especially Nath, because you know I was surprised when he started having the PTSD from uh, when he lost his original squad. Yeah, yeah. But it made a lot of sense to me. Of, it's this of, with you. If, yeah, of course. Like, if there's any time that it, I think it surprised me as well, because Nat's just been so stoic and kind yeah. of cold. Well, he's trying everything. He, he's been trying to keep that whole like cool, yeah, you know, persona. But like, yeah, nothing bothers me. I can mm. kill anybody. And it's just like that can only work so long until like something this big is thrust at you, where it's just like, can you still keep up that persona and do your job? Yeah. Mm. No, because that's too much at that point. So it's just like, what does it really break down to? It's, it breaks down to you as you at your core. And boom, there comes the trauma. Here comes mm-hmm. everything else. Here comes the, you know what? What am I going to do? I'm going to revert back into what I know and how I am and fuck everything else. I will do what I have to do if that's the bare minimum. And the bare minimum is like 100. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> but as soon as that is done, I'm the, I'm out. I'm out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what? There, I couldn't find fault with him, mm-hmm. even if I wanted to. And I remember at the beginning of this series, it was like, Tencent, oh, look at you. You're going to be this kind of guy. And from there, he's the one who's grown on me the most. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, if there was somebody I had to follow in this for anything, it would either be Quell or Tencent. He's the one that says Trudeau's character the most, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get into... And he's also he's also realistic with himself as well. Yeah. He knows when he's... Mm-hmm. And he, he confronts himself about this. Like, what are you doing? Who are you? Where He's yeah. the only one who really hammers that and then answers it right away. Hmm. Before we get too far into it, uh, Noma, do you want to give us the plot summary of like what happens in this book? Yeah, so in this book, we basically have, it's a little bit of a flip now where we've got working group, I guess Alphabet Squadron, with its new complement of ships are just desperately trying to hunt down the 204th. And we basically learn that, you know, from the last book where Erica joined, rejoined the 204th, it turns out that she's also trying to help the New Republic by kind of helping them track shadowing. Uh, although, as we learn later on, that's happening on both sides, right? Where there's also an Imperial in the New Republic group who's trying to help 
the two of fourth. And it basically comes down to a, the first big plot point is they go to this planet Chatawa, which is a really interesting planet, but they basically, the two of fourth is they're doing like this second operation center. So they're trying to kind of annihilate a planet and then they go after Chatawa. So they clash over Chatawa. The 204th kind of loses, has to leave, and then we actually get set up for the Battle of Jakku. So they head off to the Battle of Jakku. At the same time, we learn a backstory for the Emperor's Messenger, which I actually thought was really good, mm-hmm. where basically the Emperor's been cataloging... Although this part was a little bit weird, but I'll go into that later. The Emperor's literally been cataloging every single thing that any of its officers or any employees within it have been doing. Uh, employees, but yeah, anyways. Materials. They kind of, yeah, yeah they're not wrong. Yeah, they are employees, right? Like, it's, it's literally just been cataloging, like, every dirty deed that everyone in the Empire has ever had to do. Yeah, and that's stored on Coruscant. So, Soren Keys, basically, as the Battle of Jakku's about to start, he leaves to go try and destroy the databank, so that if the New Republic wins, they won't be able to use that databank to hunt down all of the, like, everyone who worked with the Empire, yeah. yeah. And Irika, Quell, and Kairos basically decide to go to Coruscant to try and stop him, and at the same time, the rest of Alphabet Squadron takes part in the Battle of Jakku. And we basically get a point where we get to see how the Battle of Jakku went down as this Coruscant fight's happening. And so just kind of going through all the, you know, skipping all the actual plot details, but we see the Battle of Jakku end. We already know that's going to be a rebel victory. And most of Alphabet Squadron gets pretty messed up during it. Nath's the only one who really comes out unscathed. And on Coruscant, same kind of thing. Uh, Kairos and Erika get fairly messed up but they do manage to stop keys and kairos ends up using that point to leave the new republic mm-hmm. and erica decides to stick around to see what's going to happen with her and then from there it kind of just goes on to we get like a nice a nice close ending where it's just we get to see how everybody's doing and what happens and all the judgments that are passed on all the characters and kind of how they all start to live their lives under the new republic so yeah, overall, it, like we were saying in the non-spoiler part, it's a really nice story. It's a really good story, I think. It's very, very concise, and all the events are very necessary, I think. But a lot of the characters have very weird arcs. Well, specifically two characters have very weird arcs, and the mm. rest have pretty decent ones. Because, yeah, like we were saying, Nath has a really great arc during the whole thing. I really enjoyed Kairos actually opening up and us getting to learn more about her actual species and all the stuff with them. And uh, yeah, Quell has has a really interesting, really fraught. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of internal conflict with Quell that I wasn't really expecting because we'd already had that in two books. But I feel like that's her whole character is just this person who doesn't really know what they're doing, but is trying to do their best. And so just seeing that war as she kind of gets deeper and deeper into the the poodoo, I guess, well, into the shit, (laughs) just watching those conflicts kind of develop rage with within her yeah rage within her and see how they're going to you know what path she's going to end up taking because she's really on the fence for most of the book Mm. which i also agreed with because you know as someone who likes the imperials it was just like yeah you should probably stop these guys but they're kind of cool they're not super evil yeah exactly right so it was was this interesting back and forth and it it shows as well you know the empire in a not so great just resource wise and not so great light right yeah not so evil and really on the back foot trying to you know trying to do what they can but like trying to do like rebel guerrilla tactics rebel tactics yeah yeah yeah, having to fall back on that so that was really interesting um and then before we we continue on to my next point if if there's anything you guys want to add with those three characters or anything dan you take first this time uh i was gonna say with the empire specifically like we get some interesting stuff like with the the rebel tactics and, and things like that where they talk about you know 
normally we would have the resources to just decimate this planet pretty quick but now we don't have a death star we don't have operation center satellites to just burn mm. the planet we have you know this radiation like these rings around this planet that basically trap the radiation within it and so like they have to basically destroy some of the things in it so then it doesn't function as properly to keep this system from working still because apparently mm. Chattawa was like a planet that was made and then these rings around it were keeping it so it wouldn't basically destroy itself yeah, and, yeah. And, like, which cook, was a really cool concept yeah, cooking the radiation and stuff like that so it was a lot of cool like play through like the the starfighter mm. flying through and that's when like will gets to fight sword and keys one-to-one yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just roll his eyes and um there's some really good stuff in that and like that's where we see nath tenzin you know command the bomber squad and he's like he him, i think him and one other person make it out or is it just him uh i think it's like him and it's like a few people but at yeah. one point he from only sees one other person. it's yeah. very yeah. very minimal right like it is not many that i, I think it's out. yeah i think it's one from hail and two from wild but that might be the end of the battle as yeah. well i can't or the the battle of jakku yeah that's jakku after after with everything in chadawa um he makes it out with a lot of hail still like yeah that. they're, he they're, has they're not Jakku, yeah. true decimated but they oh they, it's it's like it's like one third of hail or something yeah like, yeah something yeah. like that and yeah. uh we get like the, the radiation plays a big part in this book because not only does it happen at shadow and they have to open up you know the comms and like everybody's talking to everybody and all this shit mm. and then we get to Jakku where you know uh the 204th has like containers basically of this radiation that just opens up and spews behind it that's it's like flying through uh, yeah, yeah. space and so like that's fucking with everybody's sensors and nobody in the new republic knows what's going on except for alphabet squadron the deliverance mm. so it was we, a cool idea too yeah. turning yeah turning the ad's into like an assassination yeah they would basically uh, just squad. make it so then you know they put radiation around one of the ships the capital ships or whatever and then they would mm. you know screw the comms and they would be confused and then they would just strike it down with all the ties yeah. and stuff like that right they were assassins the, yeah yeah, and, and we get a uh, we also get a little bit of uh, expanded universe callback there because the one ship we see them take down, you know, they Hera Hera realizes they're taking down a couple of ships, but yeah. the one ship they actually see them take down is an MC thirty, and I was really uh, excited about that a because it's one of my favorite ships on Armada. Nice, and uh, yeah, so it, that's a ship from Armada, and if anyone here has ever played Empire at War, it's all that's where it originally, as far as I remember, came in. It's a missile corvette. And uh, so if you've ever played Empire at War and you remember, there's one rebel ship that a lot of people hate because it's literally just, it's all proton oh. torpedoes. Yeah, I can see so that. It just, um, it, yeah, it just rips right through shields. It's, just, it's, it's like four proton torpedo launchers that just annihilate hard points on ships. Yeah. If you ever remember that ship, it looks like a, it just looks like a long sausage that's like kind of pinched at the end. Uh, that's the MC-30. So we see that get taken down. And Nath even refers to, you know, how it's supposed to be a a starship killer because he says in it like oh yeah uh, i remember hearing that you know these things can even take down star destroyers but that's not happening with this one because it's you know it just gets annihilated by the 204th yeah yeah it, it was uh that was a nice little callback but we get some really good stuff and we also get another callback uh i was going to mention this later but we get the callback with the vcx 100 in the hangar of the deliverance yeah. And mm. like they're throughout the story, they're talking about like, you know, the mechanics are building. I think it was Will or Nath was walking through the hangar and it was like the one hangar that they didn't use, really. It was like a storage area mm. or whatever. And that's where the VCX I was. Mm. Yeah. And that's where they were just like all these people were doing all these renovations and like upgrades on the, the VCX because it was mm. like all beaten up and stuff like that. And then by the end, we see Hera, you know, swoop out in the VCX 100 when or the ghost for those who watch Rebels to escape the deliverance from it like crashing into Jakku. So I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. I really enjoyed that. That was one there was one little part that 
I was a, just a little bit disappointed with because I thought she was going to tell the command crew to get to the ghost. Yeah. Like, hey, help everyone escape, then get in there because I need a crew when I get out. Mm-hmm. But it's not the case because then we see Will with, you know, kind of remembering what was happening as he goes down. Mm-hmm. And you can see a lot of them there, which also they make a big point of introducing like a Cathar comms expert. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. You know, more expanded universe callbacks. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, and then she probably died. And I was like, I, uh, uh, <sighs> yeah, fine. Let's talk about Harrison Dulo, though. I mean, she got a lot of development in this, I think. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of screen time compared to the last two books. Yeah, um, I, screen time's a better word than development. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, by this point, we know what Hera does. We know what she's about. And she sticks mm-hmm. to, like Keys, she sticks to her principles, to her character. And we see her warring with that constantly, right? Definitely. Mm-hmm. And, like, her want to be with her family, her son, and stuff like that, right? And we just get this, like, there's a point in it which she's like really sharp with the comms people and like trying to figure out like what's happening. And she's basically running through all these different things in her head as they're mm-hmm. telling her like the battle of Jakuza is like this massive clusterfuck. And like, she's just like, okay, what was the other ship that you said? Basically she was trying to do it. And like the whole crew is there trying to help. And I just thought it was really good. And then when the ship is going down and she's leaving finally, when everybody's off the bridge, all that kind of stuff. And she locks the controls to go towards the Yadis. She starts to leave and she comes across two people that are unconscious and like the way on the way to the BCX. Oh, they're, they're probably dead. Oh no, they are. Cause like the one thing I liked <laughs> yeah. is that she, she didn't just walk past them or run past them. She stopped, yeah, she, checked. she stopped, checked their pulse and try to memorize their face. So then once she was done with the war, she could be like, okay, I know these two people were confirmed dead. Right. And mm. I could, we can let the families know and everything like that. So I was yeah. like that, that is like quintessential hero for me. Like it, she has this compassionate side to her, even though she also is this like harsh commander at points. And that was it, where, like, she always recognized those moments she was being harsh right away. She did, yeah. And then mm-hmm. tried to face... Because at the end of the day, she's only one person. And she realized that when she's like, you know, I'm such a small individual in this galaxy. Like, it doesn't really matter what I do. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, getting that, like, that was the Kanan influence, that, like, Jedi Definitely. influence. Room. Like, like yeah, you, you really don't do anything. It doesn't matter. Well, you know, do what you have to, even yeah. if it doesn't make you know you've done something. And she kept talking about all the good she's done for the rebellion and the exactly. galaxy yeah. for those decades that she's been fighting, right? And that right there was just like that's everything. Like it, it's setting you up to seem like you're gonna die, so I know you're not gonna die. <laughs> um, because she's constantly like, I'm at peace with it. There's I'm no okay way they tell her like, a book. Like exactly, no like, way. like trying to like trying to tell all the the readers just like she's okay with it. It's okay. Don't mm-hmm. worry. She's okay with it. It's fine. He's <laughs> just like, no, no, we'll riot if she does. Like yeah. you're not gonna do no, this. And, and and that was the thing. Like I knew in my heart of hearts that you know she wasn't gonna die, but there were a, a bunch of points near the end where it was like, a bit. yeah, exactly. There were a bunch of points at the end where it's like, her get in the fucking yeah. ghost and leave. Go, 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 get go, off go, the go, ship. When she's talking about like. Oh, and then the smoke snaked down her into her lungs, yeah. and she's like, she, yeah. they're coughing for like a minute. It's like, oh, is she gonna pass out? Well, and, and, oh, specific, yeah. Yeah. and there's one specific portion where she's like, I can still see the EDs if I press up to the yeah. glass, and I yeah. am not letting the smoke in my eyes. I'm like, that means get off the ship. Yeah, that means you're dying. And but th- that's it. And then she realizes that at the same time, when you're as soon as you start thinking that, she's like, yeah, it's time to go. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, okay, thank you. You know what I really? Oh no! And then the things are coming down. Oh, but she ran just in time to get in front of yeah. it. Crash behind her. It's like. The the other thing that they did with her that I really appreciated was during the Battle of Jakku, she's Free does a really great job of describing how insane it is to even be like not even grand tactical commander, but just a commander in a large scale engagement 
where it's just it's just chaos right where she's yeah. being told like 80 things at the same time and she wants to be like okay no one at a time but it's like no you can't because the battle's going in real time so you literally need to be taking in like 30 commands at the same time and trying to process them all and, and she's only um, like a section of the battle that she's worrying yeah, about she's like it's one, not the she, whole battle she's just yeah. dealing with the deliverance and the landing and the the landing shuttles or the, you know the ships that are providing ground support yeah. for for a decent chunk of the battle and it's just it's madness so on one part it was like man i've never really thought about that it really made me want to play armada yes yeah. like, yes well, give me fleet command again because even jumping on it like at one point it wasn't just her she needed to split up between like okay captain um i can't remember the bird captain that lady yeah she was like you deal with all oh, that yeah, stuff yeah. happening there and then i'll deal with this stuff and then mm. they get rocked by a proton missile or something or a bomber comes through right yes and so they, they all get rocked and then she's like okay my knees hurt like hell everything's right okay i need you to where's yeah. where's my help where's the yeah. captain where's the... like oh god oh yeah, just, no and yeah. then then it turns into like okay injured. now i gotta deal with everything oh god yeah and, and you, you see yeah, yeah and you get to see her step up again because it was yeah the the aid i can't remember it starts with an a that's all i remember Stormbird? no no that was that was the that, that was her aid. that was her aid. but you got you got uh, to yeah i can't but but basically like yeah she like arvad the, i think yeah arvad yeah something like that mm. like she goes down and then her her next in line or her aide basically steps up and she just sees like he's like the sweaty mess sweaty, of like oh yeah. god yeah. yeah and then and then Hera's like okay I'll relieve him soon and I was like oh my god really you're taking on even more responsibility yeah. on top of all of this but then it also at the same time just made me go like man Thrawn is so fucking cool yeah. it's just like you've got yeah. the guy even farther above you know her cause she's granddad or she cause Thrawn's grand admiral as mm. I'm starting to mess up pronouns but yeah Thrawn's grand admiral so he has overall command so you imagine him now doing that with multiple battle groups i mean look at the top of the central fall right like he did that with a whole blockade yeah right yeah. Like, Although, that's grand, huge. granted I, I would also argue the siege of lothal was easy for him yes it's, it's oh a, yeah it's, it's a planet it's way too many star destroyers yeah. versus like a bunch of sad frigates yes right? that is fair and they're trying to do the defensive it's it you know but it's thrawn style right where it's all this planning has just made it to be like, yeah, it's here's the overwhelming plan. victory. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Here's the symphony I've played to your destruction. I would tell you right now, because if Grand I've... Admiral Thrawn was in the Battle of Jakku, it would have turned out way differently. If he was oh, overarching Admiral for this whole fleet. So something that I was kind of surprised about was that Sloane's... It sounds like Sloane's not even in the battle. He's not, I don't they, think. Well, they say but... they mention um, when Keys calls Grand Admiral Rand... Then he's mm. like, oh, you know, I haven't heard from Grand Admiral Sloan in a while. What's going on? It's like, oh, Sloan's no longer part of the command structure or anything. Like he full on says, like, no, she's gone. Mm. And we don't know how. They haven't said why or anything like that. Either somebody just put a blaster to her head or there was a battle and she lost or something. But we know she's gone before Jakku happened. So sometime mm. within that year, either, you know what, either that's what Vanguard and... Um, well, no, Meteor Squadron's gone, actually. So that's yeah, probably what Vanguard was dealing with, with either with Sloan was doing something somewhere, because they were all mm. trying to do Cinder in their own little pockets of the galaxy, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, they went off, and maybe Sloan was in a, a command ship and trying to deal with something, and then Vanguard comes in, and he's like, no, no, you're done, boom. <laughs> so it's like, oh, no, who do we have next? That's what I figured happened at that yeah. point, because we, we do not get an answer. And so the thing that I thought, I mean, granted, I'm not really keeping up with, with uh, you know, sequel trilogy canon but what i thought they had said was that sloan was one of the people who went off to build the first order so yes. maybe that's what happened oh, right? yeah she was maybe, in the exit maybe, maybe she... the unknown regions oh uh, okay. i didn't think of that yeah so yeah i guess maybe she got a call from snoke or whoever or i, I don't really care honestly yeah yeah but probably brendel yeah, so... to be 
for anybody. Yeah, who knows? Right. Yeah. But yeah, so so she's gone, which I, I wasn't expecting because I had assumed she commanded the battle. It sounded like she commanded the Battle of Jakku, lost, and then retreated to the Unknown Regions. But I guess that's what the new stuff is. So uh, who knows? Uh-huh. And, uh, it, it all depends on... they don't. It's either Rand, but we don't know who's on that Super Star Destroyer. Or mm. not Super Star Destroyer. Yeah, yeah, the Super Star Destroyer. Yeah, Super Star, and, the Ravager. Yeah, and at one point, because we... If you remember Battlefront 2, and this is why I really like this description of the Battle of Jakku, because we already have, like, two different, like, perspectives on this already coming into mm. this. And you remember at the beginning of Battlefront 2, Admiral Versio is on the bridge, and he's see- he's seeing, like, a Star Destroyer crash in yeah, yeah. the Super Saiyan, and he's just like, Pitch, you fool. And I, <laughs> I said that as they were talking about the battle. I was just like, yeah, yeah, this is, I guess this is where this happens. But did that happen? Yeah. And it's just like, okay, was that the thing that started it? Because they see this supernova kind of explosion, and they, everybody's mm-hmm. looking up and like, oh, God, what was that? What blew up, right? It's just like, okay, what moment was that where the – it's weird because that's when the messenger. Show, I don't know. It's maybe that was the executor I was thinking of. I can't. No, no. I'm messing time. Yeah, the the, the executor is the superstar destroyer that goes down in Endor. Onto yeah, the Death Star or too. Endor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Never mind. This is the second. The this is the second superstar destroyer, which we. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then there's again. I'm, I'm a little bit foggy on this, but I think it, at this point there are supposed to be five superstar destroyers in in uh, oh, the Imperial Remnant's full arsenal. I could be wrong. The thing that I didn't realize yes. was that they have three Starhawks on the New Republic side. Because I haven't gotten to the end of Squadrons yeah. yet. And I was like, oh see, shit, three Starhawks. I, as soon as I read that, I was like, see, that's bullshit. There's no way. <laughs> if you if you were at Nadiri, which was the only place that they were bringing the uh, somewhat yeah, intact Star Destroyers to, yeah. we see the one prototype, mind mm-hmm. you, there. And you're you're telling me this is all taking place within one year. This right? is, yeah, this is within 12 months of Battle of Endor. One year. Here's yeah. where timeline really screws again, because you have that Vanguard just went there, Titan just went there, mm. really messed up the prototype. Yeah. James crashes into the prototype. That thing's, it's just a prototype. And this is all happening when Hera goes off to go help Vanguard, yeah, right? Yeah. So this is like, what, middle of book two or something? Yeah, so exactly. how much then, time has passed between that yeah, and two here? and three? So yeah, for exactly. you to have three finished yeah. ones, nope, not prototypes. They're done. Yeah, and, so, and one that, of them's probably a prototype, and the other two are the. But even then, right? Yeah. Like they, they, they really... how many star destroyers do you need to make three star? Yeah, that's fair. They they that's really insane. push. Yeah, they really push in squadrons how long it takes to build a starhawk. To be fair though, that's how long it takes to build the prototype. Once you have the prototype, you kind of know how to do it now, right? You still need the it's material. It's a little faster. Yeah, yeah, you need the material. That's the biggest it, thing. It really comes down to how many Star Destroyers they've captured at this point. Yes. Yeah, and what they Which have I mean, in the back end. It's yeah, plausible. It, it sounds like it's a couple, right? Because we got Deliverance, and they say at, at Jakku, there's a, there's a, yeah, there's a decent amount of Rebel Star Destroyer or New Republic Star Destroyers. But that's it. It's it's like, okay, you need Star Destroyers to gut to make the Star Hawks, but at the mm-hmm. same time, you're keeping Star Destroyers to use for command. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, okay, how many are you getting? Which, which tells you how many were already floating around space. Mm-hmm. But then how many operations are going around around the galaxy for you guys to get these and around and then hyperspace direct in theory to figure this out? Yeah. I just thought because, and, and that's that's just something with this new canon that I really don't like, where it's just like time saying yeah. figure it out. Saying saying that the Imperial Remnant was defeated in a year? Yeah, and that's I mean, granted, I guess the Galactic Rebellion was only like what four four or six years? Yeah, it wasn't that much. But but even was... then it's just 
even with the infighting they were having it's with travel time and everything like that like you know how many let's say somebody gets finds because they don't really say where Nadir is i can't or if they do i can't remember but mm. you know let's say somebody gets a star destroyer on like way in the outer rim then for its hyperspace travel, if it's not damaged or anything like that, to get mm. to Nadiri, to then start taking stuff off of it, to then start building the that's not going to take two days, right? Yeah. That's going to yeah. take closer to a couple weeks or maybe a month. Like, hyperspace travel isn't just instantaneous. I think a lot of these authors are forgetting that. Mm. Where it used to have it back in, a few, sorry, but in, like, books from before, it was like, okay, we need to get from uh, Rusan to Onderon. That's going to take about a week. Mm-hmm. okay cool now we need to get from here to here oh yeah you're there no yeah it, it's no, slowly, it's slowly it's slowly becoming the game of thrones travel meme yes right? where it's yeah. just like jetpacking yeah. yeah 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 the one thing i was gonna say with the with harrison doula and like when she's fighting grand admiral rand i think his name is or whatever and she's like stop your like stop fighting oh, no, no, that's that's somebody else oh, sorry. oh the madrigast. Guy, madrigast that's yeah, what it was madrigast. um and it was just like stop fighting like we'll you know treat you and all your people with like you know the the thoughts and everything and she's like oh yeah, the yeah. empire never backs down and then she's like god damn it i wanted this starter story for the starhawks fuck and so she's gonna shoot it down it's no, just like that's the that... reason it's not the reason but i think it'd be hilarious it's like we could have had another star destroyer to put yeah. into the starhawks no, I, I, yeah. I that, that was just a piss off he, yeah, he was... after, after waiting that entire oh, time yeah. where the, you talk to him he's like we're gonna kill you yeah we're gonna fight you okay okay but i mean that's that's hardcore oh, no. imperial though like he wouldn't like the imperials don't give up like that right like no, he, that's that's that's, that's imperial stupidity, stupidity it is yeah, it stupidity. is because this is like, you know what? They're here to help you. You could have said like, yo, we don't even want to get involved. We were just trying to be here because yeah. these guys are taking care of us. So if you're going to have this fight in space, we don't actually want to get involved. We're just chilling. And that's, I would that's rather the they just not get involved at all. Yeah, or that's help the part them. That, that, I mean, like, really, that makes your position better. Well, no, that, no. That's even the, if they didn't want to help them because they're Republic or whatever, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Just don't do anything or Cut. dip out. And that, exactly. That was the point where it was like, cool, I don't care about, just kill everyone on this stupid. Because it's like, if you're looking at anyone what should be chatawan's perspective these imperial forces are literally trying to kill our planet mm-hmm. right They're trying to destroy our planet and we've got even if we hate the new republic we've got them trying to help take them out and the part that i don't understand is it's like okay let's let's suicide ourselves against the new republic to stick it to them and it's but you don't know if more imperial remnants are to come back and destroy your planet anyways yeah these so guys why are would you be here to help? He was he, yeah. He was the enemy, of the enemy is my friend. That like the, the, did that not yeah. occur to them at all? He was like, in yeah. this weird they mindset. Should, should... It, no, it's stupid. It is it's a shit he, mindset. Yeah, because he, he even talks to Keys and he's like, "Whoa, dude, you're not really imperial. We're gonna fight you." Blah, 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 blah. And then he turns around and goes, "No, let's be imperial and try and kill the rebels." Yes, yeah, it's, exactly. So it's like, what's the whole point of you going yeah. away then? Why weren't just, you with the fleet at all? It's, exactly. it's this, this weird mental gymnastics that he tried to pull off, which I can under, That's what pissed Hera off so much. And she's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. yeah. It's like, she's like, we just saved your planet. Are you insane? Yeah. And Matt has that Stop. moment too, where he's yelling, you bastards, right? And it's just like, yeah, yeah. no, just what is your stupid perspective on this? Because yeah. I don't understand. And then he dies anyways. And I was like, good. Like I, I yeah. did like, because I, th- I thought Hera was going to wait too long and it was actually going to hurt the deliverance. Yeah. Yeah. I was just screaming like, no, just kill him. And then eventually she's like, yeah, just weapons the full. And they just obliterate the Star Destroyer. Yeah. And I'm just like, that guy exactly. you know what? is what you deserve. And I'm with Dan on this one yeah. for Hera. I, I truly believe 
when she goes but like you know i'm still gonna give them the chance because this is what i believe in and you know mm. what please stop like we do not want to do this we will do it we don't want to mm. and he's he's going off on his dumb ass and she's like fuck it do it i get it from her because i understand her mm. i've said it before I'll say it again. I don't care how many sources say, oh, Mon Mothma was so instrumental in building the rebellion. And doing you're fucking useless. And now, <laughs> and now you become Supreme Commander or Supreme Chancellor. Like, fuck yeah. you. You've done nothing to me. You've, you've, you've done nothing that says in any way that, oh, yes, I have authority. And then for the, before the battle of, uh, before the battle of Jakku starts, oh, to you, you should surrender. It's like, who the fuck is going to listen to you? And you know they're here. You know they're entrenched. You know they want to fight. Don't mm. say anything at all. Just go in and wipe them out because you know that's what you want to do. Just yeah, do it. Fair, though, oh, there was, no, but there I was have to point... be political and I have to be... Oh, yeah, fuck. To be fair, though, like, okay, so first of all, Mom Mothma, yes, she didn't really have play a lot in the, the New Republic era. Um, apart from being the chancellor, but no, the with, rebellion with the rebellion though, she was a huge part of it. She was one that really like made you know the cells work together. She was kind of instrumental See, in that. You need to show me. He that. did. I they did show saying, that yeah. a little bit in. Um, it, no, they didn't. Rebels and shit. No, yeah. they didn't. No, they didn't. No, no I actually, didn't. yeah, I'd actually argue with the opposite in Rebels because I, I so? yeah, there's another point I have about. That. We've yeah. watched all of Rebels, and um, in you may have seen her like once or twice in Rebels. You saw Bail Organa probably more in Rebels than her. Not to mention throughout the entirety of the original movies, we see her standing in the command room looking fucking stupid in her towel. <laughs> right and just then oh yes no this is bad and we must Many not war <laughs> right and then and then we go from there that all all the time we see her she's in there and it's like oh but she's so instrumental what'd she do all i see is this lady in the commander not really yeah. doing anything not having any anything to do with the battles because there's no tactical she's not, yeah, things she's, there she's no, not no, a military she's person. giving orders she's doing all this it's like why are we listening to this lady again it's like oh yeah. well oh we she got so many people from the senate to join it's like okay Okay, I understand you played a role. To me, you're an agent at that point. You're doing mm -hmm. what Cassian is doing when he's trying to go and get all this information. Well, she's also you're like she does a lot of things with the cells, right? Not just on her own. But, she does uh, things again, with bringing cells together. Rare. But but again, like what Ed's saying is that we, it's the opposite of what we were saying with the sequel trilogy, right? Yeah. Where it's like we need more info on Mon Mothma. We need more stories of sure. watching her actually be that legendary figurehead because there was a line at the end of the book in uh, Victory's Price that did annoy me, where they're they're discussing what, what to do with Erica, right? And, you know, th there's this back and forth that I did kind of understand, but, you know, they're going like, oh, you know, she did all these terrible things and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the if rebellion we never rebellion, resorted. We would yeah. forgive her. Yeah. yeah, and that was the point where, where Hera is going, you know, we had people that were doing equally, or not equally, but also bad things in the rebellion, Right. And we're just we just kind of ignore that. And Mothma's like, yeah, but, we, you know, we can't let that stop us. I'm like, oh, so we're just going to go back to that that time where you were watching Saw Gerrera light the galaxy on fire. And you're like, oh, no, 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 that's not a good thing. Yeah. You should. I'm, I'm wagging my finger at you. And yeah. It's like, yeah, when you're allowing Saw Gerrera to just go off and, you know, wage this this basically terrorist campaign where he's just attacking everybody. Yeah it's super hypocritical because i at that point i didn't know what they were going to do with quell but i was like if you then charge her you're just turbo hypocrite yeah just I, don't like think they were, I didn't see them doing it just because of like what she's given back instrumentally to yeah like alphabet but but that's kind of the big yeah. thing right is, is like we hear mon mothma is the figurehead and she is you know the the supreme coordinator and all this right. other stuff but because of the limitations of the original trilogy where we see her once in return of the jedi and that's it yeah and we never really they they just say that she is this person who does all this great stuff, right. but it's like 
you need you need a, a Mon Mothma book where we then are at least showing how much effort she's putting in because all we really see is she speaks at she speaks at the Senate and then she has to go into hiding and then she says oh no Sagarera you're you're a naughty boy and then somehow she's the leader of the of exactly, the New Republic yeah. right exactly. it's just you need more points to expand on her that's fair contributions right because then at the same time we also then get the direct contrast of everyone's propping up Mon Mothma who's doing all this amazing stuff. And we all seem to forget that Leia's a character, mm-hmm. right? Or it's because, like, yeah, to me, Leia was the one going around doing all the stuff. Yeah. She was the one with the plans in her hand. Yeah. She did all this, stuff. and then she became a general. She's she's actively helping out. She's on the ship. She's on everything. She's mm-hmm. doing stuff, you yeah. know. But no, she, Mon must stand there in the in the container and just watch people. To be fair, not everybody's exactly. going to be like physically involved with the like events of the rebellion, right? But that's what no, I mean. But, but, and that's what no, I mean. Yeah. She's just an agent at yeah, that yeah, point. Right. If anybody should More have been the chancellor, it yeah. should have been Leia. Yeah, I don't exactly. care if you have two Skywalkers as or she's not as well, she is, but like you know, Leia, Leia yeah. Organa solo as the Supreme Chancellor, and then Luke Skywalker mm. leading the fucking Jedi. Right. There's nothing wrong with that at that point. It's not nepotism. These guys have done the shit yeah. to be in the position mm. they should be in. But no, we can't have that. So Mothma. It's like yeah. it's like you made her specifically to fill this role without giving her the story to fill that role. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The her story and- is Leia, but then exactly. Leia doesn't get the reward. That's bullshit. Yeah, and again, right with expanded universe, we at least do get some stuff where it is showing what Mothma's been doing this, or yeah, that Mothma's been doing this entire time, and then it kind of a little more makes a little bit more sense. But then again, she also she's Supreme Chancellor for like a a little bit, and then we get Kalo Moss, which is a whole different thing. Mm. But it's just that, right? You just need that because otherwise, yeah, like Ed's saying right now, I don't understand why Leia's not in that position with everything we know about the two characters. Right. Granted, we, there's a, a ton more books on Leia, you know, doing stuff her, and the yeah. comics that we have of her and all this. But that's my that's the point, right? Showing Is that up. we see, yeah, we know all these things that she's done. So it makes sense for her to become Supreme Chancellor. Yeah. And then they just go, oh, no, it's this other person who said many Bothans died. Kids, can you imagine if Leia was having that conversation with Hera? And then she was mm. saying these things. You could you could understand where her mentality is coming from. Mm-hmm. But with Mothma, it's just like you're just saying a bunch of fucking words, and I don't care because <laughs> you, to me, you like, oh, we need to do this. It's all platitudes. It's all political nonsense speak mm. that she constantly says, and you, it just annoys you. Mm. And that's why think of it when when she's broadcasting that message to the Empire, Hera is actively ignoring her. Yeah, she's mm. like, Mon Mothma knows it's not going to work, but she's doing it anyway. Yeah. She's doing it. He's like, I tune out to this, and it's just like, you know what? That's supposed to be the the, the highest person in your military or whatever, and you're just ignoring mm. that. Mm. Like, granted, there are several times where she's like, you know, tuned out or like compartmentalized something that's happening in a command room where they're all having their discussions. That's mm. different. Because you're still trying to actively participate in that. Whereas here, it's just like, mm, you could say whatever. You could, you're not here. I'm not listening to you. That is the, her entirety throughout everything. You're not here. Why am I listening to you? Mm. You're not here. Why am I listening to you? And then after the war is done, hey, war was evil, so we have to punish you now. For it's like, you did not take part in any of this. I don't <laughs> care what you say. You weren't mm. there. How dare you try to judge me and say, that's a war crime. Did you understand what was happening there? Did you know what was happening there? No, you don't. So yeah. fuck off. Get back to your Senate if you yeah. want to have that again, because we saw how well that worked. Uh. Yeah, you know, you know who would be a good person to judge whether something's a war crime or not? Uh, the woman who watched her planet blow up in real time. She might know a thing or two about insane war crimes because you know she saw she was forced to watch one. But um, yeah, also just going from sorry. Uh, I have one point about Mamathma. She's going to be appearing yeah. in the Cassian Andor series, and it's the same actress as the one from the deleted scene from Episode Three. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Rogue One. Right? right, yeah. So we're going to be getting her yeah. in uh, Cassian Andor, so maybe we'll get some good stuff from her. Yeah, yeah X maybe. marks the spot, stand here, say nothing, do nothing. X <laughs> <laughs> is done. He's like, my mom, no, because, I don't want it. Because even with that, right, That I will give you this, that is one of the best opportunities she actually has to do something, mm. because in that it's Cassian, the depending on where the... Yeah, depending on where they start it, it could be that Cassian's maybe 15. Remember, he's been doing this his whole life, mm-hmm. right? So old, maybe yeah. from there, it's like, you know, I'm doing stuff now, and then th- she's all over the place trying to do these things and doing the nice distraction while he's in the, in the dark with the knifey knife stab stab, right? Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, and they do have her doing something there, I won't be mad. I'm this, this is the stuff I want. Show me. Yeah, yeah. Right? But if they don't do that, and she's, again, standing there with the same robes on, just... Oh, war is bad. Fuck off. I have. I am so done with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, yeah, hopefully there's room for it. But, yeah, so kind of as we're going into the things that now that we didn't five second enjoy character, quite as much about. The five-second character <laughs> Mon Mothma appearance. Yeah, so the actual characters that I started to get really angry at, I'm going to start with, uh, with the one that I think is going to have a little bit less of a visceral response from all of us, because I know the one that we're all going to get angry at. Man, Chazna Chaddick went from being one of my favorite characters to one of my least favorite characters. That was really disappointing because I loved her in, in Alphabet Squadron. I thought she was a really cool character. Mm-hmm. And then she was bearable in Shadowfall. And I just straight up hated her for most of Victory's price because she goes off the deep end hard. Where it's going from like, yeah, here's, here's a girl who's, you know, seen the rough side of the galaxy and the worst parts of the Empire. And, you know, has has had a really terrible upbringing in Narshada and really really understands how the terrible ways of galaxy works too now she's a cultist yep i was like cool listening to the, the to the recordings of them talking yeah. and yeah. yeah and it was just it's just it's just a continuation of everything that annoyed me in shadowfall where it's okay so you literally understand that cults are bad because you were dragged into one as a child you're you know wise to their antics and you understand the ways that they brainwash people basically indoctrinate people and then you fall for it. And for like half of Victory's Price, she's going, oh, I'm just doing it as a joke. But then she's really actually praying on her own and in situations where it's not a joke. And I'm just like, what the hell happened to you? Like, I understand Cerberon was, you know, traumatic, but you had one of the less traumatic sections of that book. I mean, granted, I might be underplaying being, you know, stranded in space and thinking you're going to die. Yeah. But it's just, it was such a weird, like, reversal for the character. Yeah. Going from also, one thing to the other. She never gave the New Republic a chance, which was infuriating mm. as well. Oh, with the cult of the Empty Sun, the children of the Empty Sun, they let me be me and they let I want to be this way. It's like, but you've never done any of that stuff with the people in the New Republic. Mm. So you don't know if like maybe you could tell them your fears about if I survive the end of this war and I I end up on Coruscant as a nothing. Like, yeah. You've not said that to them, so the, you haven't given them the chance to be like, hey, no, I'll be there for you. Or I'll, no, we'll do this. We'll do, you have no yeah. clue. But she all never these told people, her squad. That's the only yeah, thing that bugs me. Yeah, about that. all these all these people did for you was like, oh no, that's sad, and pat you on the arm, and you're like, oh my god, they love me. Oh yeah, they understand. And it's just yeah, yeah it's, it's just like no, you you're being unfair to the, your entire squadron, your entire New Republic faction. You, you're not giving them the same opportunities. Yeah, and it, it's just infuriating to be like, oh no, and then this voice in her head that she's on, like, they don't. Oh want yeah, you. they don't. God. It's just anxiety. That's yeah. all that is, and it's just like. Oh, they don't want you. They don't want you. It's just like again, you haven't given them a chance. You've not given them a shot. How can you say that with a? If you had tried, and all you're doing is basing it on assumptions. They found these safes. They played one. They're like, the fuck is this? Anybody who's hearing a cult speech would say that. Mm-hmm. The fuck is this? 
So, and then you get, and they're all mad and everything like that. It's just like, oh, you know, explain to them why. Are you going to give them a chance? No, they're going to laugh at me. Okay. Yeah. May, maybe, but you don't know. Again, give them a chance. You were mocking the people from the cult too before you gave them a chance and look what happened. Yeah, if anything, exactly. that should be the teaching there. Give everybody a chance. Oh, yeah. no, they don't want to. Oh, this this human-based thing here. Well, guess what? Maybe that's all they could get because they're low on shit, too. They were not meant, they were not ready to win the war. They're using the stuff they have. If they're stealing from Imperials on an Imperial ship, guess what? All the stuff on that Imperial ship is going to be made for humans. If mm. the breath mask doesn't fit on your face, guess what? Because they didn't make stuff for alien races that's not on the new republic that's on a star destroyer mm. right but you don't want to take the, the two seconds to think that way because oh i'm so hurt and how could they do this to me and me and it's and, like, dude get exactly. over yourself after a while like that's all it turned into and with me that's a the other good point because I, I didn't even really think about this but yeah because in in alphabet squadron one like her prejudices and and hatred they make sense because it's based off her experiences yeah, but you're right. Yeah, now in Victory's Price, it's just it's just a fallback where it's like, oh, the, look at how bad they are because they're not like my cult, and it's like dude, you're supposed to be smarter than this. I don't yeah. understand why your brain power has been cut in half. And then right when she actually does talk to her squad, it takes Nat Tenzin like two minutes to deprogram her. Yeah, and I'm which like, for a- someone who had such a strong link to this cult, she just immediately destroys it. Which it's is just- sad too. If she had so much misgiving about Lettage or whatever it is. Everybody knows Nath is an intelligence liaison or whatever. Yeah. Go to him and be like, hey, by the way, we're squad mates, right? So you mind doing me a favor? I was with this cult. Uh, you, I might have mentioned them before. You mind looking into it for a bit and just like, because if I really want to believe in it, please, I'm vetting them right now. If they mm. are truly real and I want to know they're real, find out for me. It's like, I, yeah. you shouldn't, it's like, I don't care about your, what you believe in or whatever. Sure, I'll do this for you as a squad member, as a friend. No problem. Hey, guess what? They're full of shit. Yeah. Thanks, dude. All right, I'm good. Yeah. No. So I, oh my god, they're full of shit. But you said that going in. Yeah, exactly. And so, so I liked the Chaz at the end of the book because I was like, oh, thank God, we brought back the old one. Mm. Although, you know, well, uh, yeah, basically just the old one because at this point she's also done with her stupid. I had a crush on Quell, so now I hate her with the wrath of a thousand burning suns. Yeah. Um, which is another point i wasn't a huge fan of i mean i kind of understood it but it was just like this is like a six-year-old's temper tantrum but so that part of Chaz at the very end with jaku i was like that this part makes sense this is insane martyr Chaz who just wants to kill as many people as she can before she goes out in a blaze of glory i was like this one i i you know i like having this one back and the one thing i will say was that i did really enjoy the end of the book like her story at the end where you get that kind of everything kind of wraps up nicely and she gets what she wanted and i was like okay now that we've actually redeemed this character long enough for me to care about them again, I do enjoy her getting the happy ending. Cause I feel like she really did deserve that, mm. which is not what I'll say for the other hang character. On, hang on, hang on. Oh yeah. Sorry. Anyway, you guys were like, I get your frustration. Cause I was feeling that frustration the entire way through the book, but there are parts where like, it gives us like ideas of like why she's done it. And I can see why she's kind of done it is because, you know, like as a kid, her parents left her in this cult, right? Like the mom was just wanting to, you know, bang the fucking leader or whatever and all this stuff. So she was everybody that she has made close connections with throughout her life have just left her, right? And that's what her big fear is, is that she, you know, her family left her and everyone that she's flown with, everyone that has uh, flown with her dies so like no matter what what she's doing like there's no one that's going to be sticking around to be with her so like there's no point in her 
making these connections with the people that she's with, right? So that's why I think she doesn't really lean on Alphabet Squadron because she just believes that everyone in the squadron is going to eventually die, right? And so the one mm. thing at the end she's talking about too is like, you know, this this fear of after the war, what do I have? I have one set of skills. No one's going to need that, which I think is not the case. There's lots of jobs you can do, like Nath, right? But there's there's points of which where like she does really come out and say like to herself, I guess, in her, in her own mind, but like just saying like, I'm really scared of being by myself and not having anything and being this like war veteran that's just going to be sitting in these fucking dingy little places and she eventually actually has that happen to her and it's like this 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 fear is really controlling her thoughts and her actions in like i don't want to make these connections to the people that are going to die because there's no reason to but there's one thing that's staying like strong and that's the cult they're always going to be there and there's you know decent people there they're shitty people you know they're you know doing shitty things but at least they're going to be constant and that's where i can kind of see where she's going with it but at the same time frustrating as hell for her to go from like i hate mm. this cult in the book in the second book to uh this cult is kind of good and then like having voices in her head i'm like that's a little too yeah, far seriously. but you know what i mean like yeah. listening to the books and stuff like that doesn't help and that's that's where i think we really didn't kind of pick this apart yet but like in the first two books, she listens to music every time she flies. Every mm. single time. In the second book, after she hits the cult, she doesn't have her book or her her um her music anymore. So she has nothing to fill that void, that time. So all she has is time to think. Right? And so instead well, I, of thinking by herself, she listens to the cult rhetoric and all that, this other that's, shit. That's but just that's reinforcing weak for me. shit. I don't it is. You can't buy another audio chip? I, that's what so, I don't understand. Well you can. But this music that she had, it, it talked about it in the second rare. book, is like super yeah. rare, one of kind. Like the music that she collected was like, she only had think... the one copy of it. It was only recorded this one time and she has it and she has like this collection of it. And then yeah. it's just gone. Right. And so... I think the uh, the cult actually taped over a lot of her her music. Oh God, if that's with the case. The hymns and stuff like that. So at that yeah. point, like Dan's saying, like there's still that the attachment to those specific well, I can ones. Understand, so I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's points yeah. of like, I can understand why... She starts to become more like drinking the fucking Kool-Aid, right? Like she, mm. she's only listening to that. She's not having what really helps her, which is her music, kind of get through things, right? So there Dan are Dan makes points. a really good point with that, though, because mm. think about it. For before the cult, what was driving her and why she wanted to go on this crazy blaze of glory is because she never thought of the after years. Because to her, it was like Jen Erso fangirl from the yeah. start, right? I need, I, I need to emulate senpai. <laughs> but Jen Erso yeah. never had the after years, so there was nothing mm. to think about there. But when it started to come out, I was like, oh, you, look at this. All your other people died and you survived. What now? They're Jen Erso. Yeah. What now? Oh. No, I don't want to think about that. Music. Yeah, yeah. Jen. Music. And, and that's... Jen. That's also why at the end of the book, when she's going, I'm just going to generous on myself. This is the point. Yeah. I, I've got there. And I was like, I kind of want to see you do it, but I also don't. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Because after, because think about that again, souls were floating through space. Dale generous. no, you didn't. What now? Yeah. Oh God. What now? A hey, lot of cult. points where she really breaks yeah. mentally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think she was and never really forget, strong mentally throughout the book. Like we see her, you know, we see her struggle with wanting to kill herself in a blaze of glory mm -hmm. to be known forever to her friends and people yeah. in the republic and all that stuff and then she's like the next day she's fucking drinking her face off in a in a pub and you know she drives drives her b-wing with half a fucking tank fuel or whatever a quarter yeah, of a tank right, right? Yeah, like going to combat super hungover she really yeah. she really didn't have 
the support system there to help her get through any of those emotions, yeah, yeah. right? But that was self-inflicted, though, because it is fucking constantly but... push everybody away, no matter how much. Like, Will was yeah. trying at that point. He was oh, trying yeah. hard because that was his complex. He wanted to save everybody. Well, she was mm-hmm, the only right? one left from the squadron that he was with, like, not with, but like, flew beside, right? Yeah. So they yeah. had this connection that he really wanted to capitalize on to help her. But he did his job as a squad mate at that point when yeah. it was just the two of them to save her ass. Yeah. And she's and then can you imagine getting out of your ship and being like, oh god, thank god we survived. Why are you hitting me? I, I see why you yeah. why you saved my life. Um usually people give you a hug for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like I can imagine in his shoes being like, well, what the hell is wrong? What did I do wrong? Like, to him, I get it. And for her, mm. it's just like he, he, no, the only one who understands that is you because you have this crazy gin, especially when you want to die. Mm. They don't want you to die. There's rebellion at this point. Everybody needs to survive because you need the people. Yeah. So that's very that. selfish thinking. Yeah, and we get that reinforcement at the end of the book, right? Where Nath is going, you don't get you don't get to kill your, yourself in this battle. You, you want that to happen? I'll shoot you yeah. afterwards. You tell me you want me exactly. to shoot you, yeah. Yeah. And then she's in the she's but, in like the the broken B wing, and she's like, like stuck there. She's like, "Come show me, you bastard!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that was, was actually really cool. It was like, yeah, yeah if look. you have to remember something to keep you alive, right? Yeah, like, exactly. I'm sure you. yeah. But no, and I think Dan's got a good point because I want to argue with it, but it it's makes sound, sense, yeah. right? It, yeah. it, it is a character trait that keeps up throughout all three books, mm. as opposed to another character trait <laughs> keeps up through all three books, but just went off the deep end for where I was screaming at him. So let's get into the fact that Will Lark goes on a friggin' bender in this book. Well, not even, I don't know. It's just weird. Jumps off I didn't bandwagon. enjoy it. Yeah. Just... I will. The one thing I will say for Will. Wait, wait. The one thing you will say? For oh. Will. <laughs> I did that intentionally. Don't worry. Pressure. <laughs> Pressure can yeah. be a fucking bitch mm. sometimes. And You're done. Some people really find resolve in it. Some people break. And they break in different ways, and you don't see the ways. And Will had a gradual breakdown. And these breaks were very poignant with the things he was doing and just not listening to people because he was so in his head and so caught up with, I have to do this. I have to just mm. look at all the examples I have. Quell, who's... I can break this whole thing down in like five steps and we do this, 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 and everything will be fine. Guess what? Everything's fine. Oh my God. Okay. I got to do that. Uh, I'm, I'm the youngest member of this thing. Okay. And then you have oh, the hero general Sindula who's done this for how many years? And she's amazing. I, I, I got to do that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Nath, you've done this before. You do it. No. Okay. Why didn't he want to do it? Is it that bad? But these two, Oh God. Like mm. you can, you can see it, and that's what makes it so frustrating. Where it's just like everybody keeps telling you, it's like, "This is your first time. Don't worry so much. You're doing mm. fine. You're doing great. Everybody's reassuring you." But you know what? And it happens with all of us. You people can reassure you to the moon and back. You're still going to be stressed out. You're still going to be messed up. It's on you on that point to talk to people, to talk to somebody. But the people you choose to talk to, you <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god! You have all these people around you who yeah. want to help you. Yeah. Oh, talk to Shadow. You do take this because I'm just gonna start screaming. <laughs> no, it, it, and that's a great point because yeah, the people he chooses to try and confide in, it's it's constant. You're right; it's constantly the wrong people. And I mean, granted, a part of that is because he has that falling out with Nath, you know, during Shadowfall. But again, he should have been going justified. Right? Justified on Nath's exactly. Part. He should have been going to Nath and Sindula, and instead he goes to like Chaz 
to try and have heart to hearts and yeah blink and shadow squadron and it's like and then erica when she comes back right but it's just yeah it's you're trying to confide in the wrong people with all every single time you do this and then you know the the talking to the elders probably didn't help right especially being like hey everyone else is home why are you and to a homesick person you can go talk to home are you dumb right oh god but it's just, the moment that he decides to break and just be to not even just say, I, I can't be commander anymore. Please. I just can't handle it. Yeah. To just go, I'm going to leave. And it's like, what are you doing <laughs> now of all times to just be like, Hey guys, I know we're about to decide the end of the war. I would like to quit. <laughs> <laughs> what are you it's doing? Like, Will? It's which makes it so frustrating. It's like Troy, Pandem Nye, yeah. the Ordon cluster. Ordal cluster, sorry. Yeah. Everything. Chattawa. Ch- uh, yeah, Chattawa. Uh, again, another thing too. The Nath saved him again. Yeah. Again, because he did. There was no. Oh yeah, I'm gonna distract them so you can go around the the wide side of the planet and go blow the things up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. Nath improvised on that. Yeah. He was yeah. like, okay, well, I don't know what. He's, as soon as he was just like, oh, I'm gonna take the rear guard and then, oh, okay, I challenge you. And Nath is like, you. Fucking yeah. idiot. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, I was going to do this anyway. You dumbass. Like, why are you saying, oh, okay, let's try to salvage something from this? Because that wasn't communic. Nobody knew mm. what was going to happen. Yeah, that was yeah. Will going off the cuff again, being like, I can win this forever. I can save Shadow Squad and I can save yeah. this. It's like, your responsibility is not Shadow Squadron. The 204th yeah. is not yours. You are Alphabet. You are New Republic. It, it, what does Erica say? You know, take care of yours, handle mm-hmm. yours, do what you can, because she knows when you are a commander and that all you deal with is what you can. Oh, I'm going to save everybody. You can barely yeah. hold your own damn thing <laughs> together. You're going to go, oh, God. This is how war works, right? If I take out keys, everyone else will surrender. It's like, I, uh, no, because then they would have surrendered with Nares. Yeah, right. But and, sure, go with that thought. Right, and like, you're saying that, oh, yeah. Uh, if if I lose, we'll all stop. But meanwhile, you lost, and Nath still went on and did the thing anyway. Mm. So that no, nobody's gonna stop and quit. Sindula was ready to run in and start, start blasting them mm. anyway. So all you did was make a fool of yourself, look like an idiot in front of them, gave them a morale boost when they saw their commander. Be like, yeah, see, he might stay on the ship. This guy could outfly anybody. Yeah. Like you look like yeah, a complete circle around an A wing with a Tie Fighter. Yeah, yes. exactly. Right? You look like an asshole doing that, and he. Dan, please say something redeeming about him if you have anything. <laughs> There's actually because... a few things I have. <laughs> so the first thing that you said Ed, that really resonated was like he was, you know, talking to people and like the pressure was really getting to him. And like no matter what people were saying, like, hey, you're great at this, you're great at this. It's really like it's what he was, you know, struggling with was the pressure, right? And mm. to be completely fair, like when you said that, I'm like, damn, that sounds like me in teaching. I'm not going to lie. It's like I have such a like a weird I, it's like the it's called something called imposter syndrome where like you're finally doing yeah, the yeah. thing that you're you're you know meant to be doing or like the job or career or whatever you're doing you know you, much you like think Will you, you think you yeah you think you got into the position that you're in by fooling people even though That's you it. didn't exactly yeah. and so like for Will it's even more like that though because he's more of a, like he's a pacifist forced into a commanding role like I don't know what mm. they expected. To, like he wasn't going to change from his other ways when he was, a, you know, a squadron member. Part of the squadron, right? Yeah. And they threw him into a commanding role. Like you think that a pacifist that is in the squadron role is going to do better as a commander with, 
you know, multiple people on his mind now, not just himself and like what he wants. He's got to deal with not just his four or five other people that he's worrying about in a squadron, but like mm. multiple squadrons. Like mm. this, this is tough, and he's really got to like take a step up. And you're saying like the pressure really gets to him, and it can happen. I've seen teachers like in, in my profession, like they go for for a year, they supply or they do like a a, a long term position in like a grade you know, whatever position and like they just burn out and they are done and like the teaching is not for them, right? They've mm. tried it. They went through school for it. They did all these things and they just can't do it. And like, that's that's Will Lark, right? Like he he tried it, he did it and he just couldn't take it anymore. So I can get that. Mm-hmm. The other thing too is like, I didn't like this plot resu- resolution with like, I get that he wanted to save everybody because he's that pacifist character which you can, you know, commend him for in a time of, you know, war and whatever. But at the same time, it's you really have to realize that they are really not wanting to be your friends and they really don't want to, you know, be saved by you. They want to yeah. die in battle be- with you or, like, against you. Um, I'm talking, like, Shadow Wing, right? Yeah, yeah. But at the very, very end of the book, it pays off in, like, the smallest way possible. Where, right. like, he's in, a t- he's, in, he's in a Star Destroyer escape pod. So then yeah. somebody opens it and it's a tie pilot, but you don't know who it is. And then they mm. pull him out and they're like, oh, you're Will Lark. You're the guy I heard so much about. And then they're just walking and chatting and laughing as Will's yeah. like half dead. And then mm. Nath comes over and goes, oh, there they are. Oh, they're laughing. Oh, yeah. okay. And it's like, he, the, didn't, he didn't get shot basically. It was like, he got to live the rest of his life because of the choices he made earlier, which I get. But at the same time, like it's a story. You could have played yeah. that completely differently and done different things with those events and yeah. like made a more compelling character. But And here's my other point. Deserting ha- had nothing to do with that outcome, right? He would have still sent that message at the beginning of the Battle of Jakku. You know, he didn't do anything. Well, mm. like, because, you know, the Star Destroyer Deliverance still blows up because of the saboteur. Yeah. Like he didn't, I thought so, that was going to be the turning point for him. It's like, exactly. Like if that yeah. would have changed, if that would have gone differently, and the deliverance would have, you know, gone down in a different way or something, or created like a smaller explosion compared to, you know, destroying the engines and just having a chain yeah, reaction. Yeah. Like if it was like he sacrificed himself to save everybody on the deliverance, that's a Will Lark thing I could see happening. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Chaz- no, that would, exactly that, that would have, yeah. yeah, that would have redeemed his character a little bit more because right? yeah. it. it yeah, it would have been the right decision, even though we didn't agree with it, yeah. right? See, like, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, I was gonna say, like, yeah, go for yeah, it. No, you... <laughs> Stop it, Canadians. Jesus. Yeah, right. Because, well, because the other thing that bugged me is is the pacifist, the pacifist who doesn't want to hurt people, is a role that we've seen a couple of times. Like my favorite example of watching that kind of resolve is an anime. Well, it's Dragon Ball Z because my favorite character is Gohan, Gohan, and we see that in yeah. yeah, we see that in the Cell Saga, right? How it kind of culminates into, okay, cool. You can be a pacifist if you want to, but a lot of people are going to die and you're just going to be standing there afterwards, mm-hmm. right? And that kind of mentality. But then at the same time, we, there's a lot of pacifists in Star Wars who have to kill a lot of people because, you know, they understand the the bigger picture, right? Like Leia is a great example. Padme is an even better example, right? Because she is the diehard pacifist and, you know, aggressive negotiations. She just understands, right? I mean, you, if you want the democracy to survive things have to happen that you're not going to enjoy and yeah granted will's in a different position and he goes through different arcs and all that stuff but that's also what kind of weakens him as a character in my mind is you have all these other examples of pacifists who understand 
you need to go against your principles sometimes if the whole galaxy is going to survive. There's also one versus... pacifist that you didn't mention, Satine, who really, oh, yeah, you know, she, she she dies because of her pacifism, right? Mm. Um, because she's like so hardline on that. And like, that's, I was surprised it didn't happen to Will Lark. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the one thing I was going to point out too is like, yes, he's a pacifist, but he has a skill and his skill is flying. He's really good mm. at it because he's a Polonian or Polonian. And like, that's where people are like, yeah, but you're really good. Yeah, you maybe not want to kill anybody and you want to talk to everybody, but you're really good at flying and we need mm. that. And he's like, well, I guess I can. Sure. You know, like he's, he's like, he does kill a lot of people, but like, there's never a point where he's like, I'm biting the Kool-Aid like Chaz for the New Republic. You know what I mean? Like, mm. like she did with the cult. But anyway. And see, this is, this is where as much as we praise her for stuff, it goes to show everybody's not perfect. Yeah. And I think this is a, Will's character development is partly his fault. It's not wholly his fault. It's partly Hera's fault. And it's partly Nat's mm. fault. Because as a commander, you can you can see how that team develops. Will is the guy that wants to go and talk to everybody to make sure everybody's good. But that doesn't necessarily make you a commander. That mm. makes you that guy on the squad that you can go talk to and unburden yourself yeah. because yeah, you so. know he'll be there for you. Right? Does that is that complete commander material? Maybe that's a part of it. But that's not everything, because there's that divide between your commander and then everybody else in the squad, yeah. Yeah. right? It's management and the employees, right? So, like, you'll have that one employee that was like, man, this fucking commander really pissed me off. And it's just like, oh, yeah, no, don't worry, talk to me, talk to me, right? That's mm. him. That's him right there. So when you have Quell, then you could have him, and everybody come talk to him. Mm. And don't go to Quell at that point. And he can go to Quell and be like, you know, these people are really pissed off, kind of thing. But to have him in that role, into the top role doing all that, and then trying to do what he was doing before and not mm. dissociating himself from that, you're going to drive yourself nuts. And Hera should have seen it, but she does it too much herself and thinks mm. everybody can do that. But she's special. She's gone through so much. Yeah. And she yeah. can do that. And she's had the years to break that apart and, com- and compartmentalize and do all she's that. She's also older. <laughs> Exactly. She's in a position where she can do that. He's too young. He can't. Yeah. That's why even when Nathus is like, I don't want this thing, she should have been like, you know what? You don't have a fucking choice. If you want to be here, you are commanding this and you're mm. doing it. For better or for worse, whatever it may be, but at that point, you still have Lark. So when if you have situations where he wants to make those calls and everything like that, you're in a position where you can actually say, hey, shut up or you're going in the brig and that's an order because mm. you can't follow that. You can do that rather than just get mad and yell at him and I think, you know what, at that point, he can, he's in his right to say, I don't give a fuck what you think. I'm doing it anyway. Well, I'm going to shoot you. Well, that's insubordination. Hmm. Because, right? At yeah. that point, if it was the other way around, be like, I will shoot you because you are, you know, disobeying direct orders at that point. And you can do that. Yeah. Well, the, no, the Republic that's... doesn't do it because they're the Republic, but yeah. Nath would be in his right to do so. No, and, and that is a good point because it's the same problem I have with, with Keys as we see in the TIE Fighter comic and, and here as well, right? Where it's, because he does the same thing, right? Oh, you care about your your TIE pilots, so you're going to be elevated to to command them. It's like, wow, you really just want to give these guys PTSD, huh? Yeah. Just, hey, you care about the TIE pilots, so go watch them die over and over again and know that you were the commander, so it's your fault now. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's, so now, yeah, it's, sorry, not it, now. it's something, sorry, it, it, no, no worries, because it's, it's something that just, it makes me really, really wish that, we could just drag Micah Evol back into the. Or is that was that Moralo Evol? Moralo Evol. No, um, uh, Twilight Company. Um, Micah, what's his name? It's Micah something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. The commander of Twilight Squadron. Yes. Or it's, Twilight Company. It's, it's Micah, um, I think. Yeah. Micah something. No, because I'm thinking of Wally Chase because that's the governor. But Mike, uh, just Micah, just drag him, 
like that was he was a good leader because he understood he was like yeah no i don't want anyone to die but this is war yeah and i mean granted it's also because he lived through the you know the, the end of yeah the, the end of the uh clone wars mm. but it's just that like that's that's how you have good commanders right is like yes you need like caring about your subordinates that's great but don't just put them in charge because they care about the subordinates have them also just understand there are going to be losses mm-hmm. right and have them at least on board with that because in Bruce's case and in Will's case, you know, at least Bruce handles the pressure better. But in both of their cases, it's yeah. people who care about their people under their command exactly. and don't want them to die. And then they're just pushed into leadership because of that. Right. Because, oh, compassion means you're a good commander. It's like, eh. mm. it means that your troops aren't going to hate you. You've solved for X. You haven't solved for Y. How, exactly. how old do you think yeah. Will Lark is? Either early 20s or early. It's like early to mid twenties or very late teens at that point. Yeah, he's yeah. he's yeah. actually twenty or twenty one. I just looked it up. See? Yeah, okay. so he's he's pretty young, and that's like like early university, right? Or like college, right? That's the year of like you're you're probably like second year university or, or college or something yeah. like that, right? So like sure, thinking about that mentality too is just like I was not where I'm at now, and you know I'm twenty seven, and yeah. Like and that's six you're so years, much more right? immature, right? You have these, you know, naive look outlooks on life and stuff like that as well, right? Like you can 100 percent with the age well, understand Lark's think about like, it. Here's mentality. My... Think about yeah. it though, with the person who like kicks him in the face with it after everybody, <laughs> and I think this was the best part. And I don't know if this is what Freed was trying to do, yeah. but it did, it worked well because. Think about it. All the people that wanted to talk to you and be like, stop doing this. Don't do Why are you doing Why? Mm. Finally, when he gets confrontated with Blink, Blausidia is there and he's like, my name's not Blink. You made this character yes. in your head. I've seen all the things you guys have written down. We have names. We are not this figment that you've made up. Mm. We hate you. You yeah. and he's like, oh no! But you warned me that time before the. I was yeah. trying yeah. to distract you, you <laughs> fool! And everybody else had told you that before. Yeah. No, don't listen. Like, Why did you just turn around randomly and fight? Look at what happened after. Chaz Nachadek is gone. Yep. Tenzin and doing all this mm. stuff. But you all, all missing all over the place. Why? Because you made this dumb bonehead decision to go listen to your enemy. Because why? Yeah. Oh, they've heard They're you trying before. We've talked before. <laughs> you fool! So when she's saying all that stuff, he's just like. And he's all this. He's like, what? What? He's coming to a realization. But no, but no. And then he's just like, I don't want to. I don't want to. Really. And it's like that's the first time you've been honest with yourself. Where mm. it's just like, I don't want to think that way, mm. but I'm being forced to because that is the reality of it. Oh God! Now I do have to fight you. Yeah. It's yeah. like okay, thank God, finally. <laughs> but it's like it took the enemy finally just being like, I can't believe you're this fucking stupid. Oh my God! Yeah. Here. <laughs> And just Let hearing me spell that it out to you exactly, yeah. it's just like I, she she might as well have just been like, say my name, say here's my name, this is my name, say yeah. I'm gonna start saying all these other That's names. A good at confrontation you. to be these fair. are yeah, all the like people that. you've killed. These these yeah, they, remember this the twins Char all these. This is this person. This is this person. This, this person. Yeah, that was you, Mister Pacifist, Mister I don't want mm-hmm. anybody. Mister Yeah, that's the reality of war. Handle it yet? That was the last break where it was just like okay. Fine. That was the Gohan moment for him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he didn't power up the Super Saiyan two. No, he was power explode. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. right? also to yeah to, to Dan's point as well. Like yeah, you're right. He is very young, and you know he has to shoulder all this responsibility. You know who else was in their early twenties though, and handled that responsibility <laughs> yeah. a lot better? Luke and Leia. They also have the Force though. To be fair. 
Uh, yeah, and Luke true. just had he had mentors who he actually listened to and talked to. I mean, kind of. Yeah. He didn't listen to Yoda and Obi Wan before he oh, went no, to go he fight Vader. But, and he was lucky, but he yeah. had that earlier than Will. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He had that before the decisive battle. So when he was going into there, he was able to face all this stuff and be like, "Listen, you kicked my ass before." But guys, you but forgot he, a... he he abandons everything in Episode Seven and like. <laughs> It's, it's, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, what let's do, move why on. do you think we forgot about it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> moving on. It's, it's fine. The only sequel loop that exists is in the Mandalorian, and I mean, that's I'm gonna stick with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. The one thing I want to say last thing on, on Will, on Will yeah. was uh, Nat Tenzent. We were talking about him, like the analog between those two characters of like commander, mm. like ex commander and commander. And the mm. reason why Nat didn't want to be commander for this is because he's afraid and he has that PTSD with his other. Yeah. Th- he couldn't take the pressure and he doesn't want yeah. that pressure again, even though he gets, you know, shoved into it in the middle of Jakku and even in the battle of um... Chattawa. Chattawa. Um, yeah. He kind of has that responsibility and then everyone dies again and he's like, fucking hell, like what the hell? Right? So, mm. like. I would say that Nat tends to a coward in the fact that, you know, he pushed 100%. it onto he pushed it on a will that he knew he had the skill to do it, but he didn't have the mental fortitude. You know what I mean? And, and he pushed it onto him and then everyone's wondering like, you know, will like, what the fuck, dude? And that's like, dude, what the fuck? Like why are you talking to people? He's like that's who that's who will is, right? And that's no. the sad part where I that's why I say Nat failed as well because yeah. you know what? You owe the kid an explanation as to why you're turning it down he never did you are and he doesn't tell him and i understand you want to play all your cards close to your chest because you don't want to get too involved with everybody but he deserves that at that point if you're gonna make him go through that kind of bullshit pressure that you went to that made you this way try to stop that from happening to somebody else it's not them though this is reality whatever no no at that point be an actual adult and to be like you know what i don't want to do this i have my reasons It's it's like dude you're about to do this at least if I'm not going to tell you my reasons, I'm going to give you the reality of the situation. This is going to be pressure. This is going to be crazy. You're going to lose people. Things will not go the way you want them all the time. You will yeah. not have power over something. If you think you can handle all that, sure, go for it. Or you know what? We'll get somebody else to lead. Uh, we'll tell, get Chaz to lead the squadron at this point then. Whatever, because I don't want to do it, and I don't think you can do it, or I don't think you are ready to do it, or whatever at that point. But at least be straight up with them. Because yeah. at that point, you've been nothing but like – uh, shape them around the way you want to shape up. It's a fun game until, you know, the stakes are high and you've done nothing to help this. So I understand the emotional response as to why you get angry with him, but you have no right. As angry as you are, you have no right because you've put him in the situation that he was not mm. ready for and you've given him nothing. You've equipped him with nothing to do anything different than what he was doing before. And you know yeah. this. So even the first time, and you know what? He's allowed to slip. If, if in that case, then like, you know what? You've had your, oh shit, I didn't tell you. And this happened. Let me sit down with you now and tell you exactly why I didn't want this position. Because Will's constantly wondering, you didn't want it. You didn't want it. You didn't want it. I'm going to try and deal with it the best way I want. And I won't bother you about it because clearly you don't want to talk about it. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to pressure you because that's like, I'm not going to do that to you. But Nath needs to be like, no, you need to hear this. And that never happens. And it is unfortunately sad because he probably wouldn't have left if he realized, okay, Nath lost everybody. You know what? And I was here. I'm going to try to show him that that's not what all commandos have to go through or whatever. Because mm-hmm. he would have had that kind of intelligence. Like, I'm going to save your mental psyche now. If yeah. he's being yeah. that, that I'm superhero going to be hero kind yeah. of. Exactly, right? 
instead of just like no be a hero for me and let me see you actually be a hero since you don't want to say anything well you change for you and then let's see talking with both of you guys about this has kind of made me realize i think one of the things that does bug me the most about all three of these books Mm -hmm. which is that alphabet squadron they never have a band of brothers moment like one thing that i really enjoyed from some of the older books like x-wing or sorry rogue squadron books and stuff like that is that they are this tight-knit group and they all trust each other and you have that that tight camaraderie and alphabet squadron gets that once yeah like it's just it's just the end of the first book yeah Yeah. it's just and then even then nath goes off and you know does whatever but it's just, there, there's never a moment where you get to see them all work as a concise group that trusts each other and they've got each other's backs and they become this, you know, brotherhood of our New Republic pilots. Right. Yeah. Because even six years later, look at where they end up and they're still dealing with that shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they still are hiding stuff from each other. And that really bugs me because I'm used to, if you have a band of brother style thing, like even Twilight Company had it, right? where it's a bunch of people who don't really trust each other. They, all they trusted was their commander. And then after he gets Hoth, they have to then start working together and they kind of come together. To be fair, right? they all came from different <laughs> places. Like Nath was an ex-Imperial, you know, turned uh, Rebel Alliance, turned Smuggler, turned New Republic. We have Quell, who's... Um, sure, but th- that's that's fight- something that, that's... Go ahead. No, I, I see where you're going yeah, with that, but everyone's... that's one of the tropes, right? Is the the misfits who yes. all come together through yeah. a common. Oh, definitely. It's, you know, they bre- they breakfast club it, but it's in Star Wars this time, right? Yeah. But it it's just like that. That's what's missing through this whole thing. Is I agree. Just the the closest camaraderie we get is Chaz and Erica, and uh, Erica and Kairos. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Like that's the when closest, they're on that planet. It, and I love that. I love that the so fact good. that at the end of the book, we've got this, you know, they even call it like the sisterhood bond between uh, Erica and Kairos, right? Yeah. yeah. For a weirdish reason. I didn't 100% Karen buy it. Was like, yes, it you was are, like, you are the brotherhood continuation of Karen. And I was like, oh, well, God, don't, she, don't say yeah, it like that. Yeah, she's like, it was well, a, yeah. I think it was a pseudo life debt moment. It is. Kind of Basically, thing. right? Yeah, because like it's not it's so much where it's like I'm bound to you because you like the life debt per se. Yeah. But it's just and like we're going to keep their legacy alive. Exactly. It's very similar. So it's just like, you know, I, I want you, I'm going to judge you if you're worthy of, of carrying them on. Like, I understood that completely it's just like listen i held these two up here mm. and now they saved your life so you must mean something up here to them i can't yeah. see that yet if i don't see it you're gone and i'm not gonna feel bad about yeah. it mm-hmm. if i do see it great you're one of us and that's that's totally fine like her reasons are so simple and just for mm. the that's all it needs to be you, you don't need to look yeah, yeah. you yeah. don't need yeah. to look deeper into anything with kairos because everything with her is on the level yeah on and i appreciate that where it's just like no this is how i see it and she speaks well, the least what? about any characters in this book. Exactly, in the, in right? Because yeah. Noma, what was she calling her? She was calling her the 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 shit, the traitor or the defector. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going through a lot of them. Yeah, traitor, right? defector, and yeah, and then at the end, sister. And it's like, oh man, man. that character. So Kairos is just Kairos is definitely, yeah, yeah. That's it. Kairos is definitely my favorite character across all three books. Yeah, she's awesome. It's I definitely just, want to see yeah. concept art of her, like as like yeah, what's yeah. like the species she is, because we never get like we get descriptions of it, and I have this idea of what it looks like in my head. I'm like, that doesn't look right though. I have a, I have a very very bad <laughs> image kind of put together from the chitons. <laughs> this is gonna be weird, but yeah. if any if any if anyone memes into the Warhammer 40k stuff that I meme into, uh, there are, there are certain people who who have made tyranids into waifus. 
Oh no. And it's just that's just immediate so Tyranids, for those who don't know, are basically like a kind of Zerg equivalent, like they're this biomonstrosity race type thing. In in Warhammer 40k. Yeah, and they're there. But the reason that it kind of related to that in Kairos with me is they really push that she is chitinous. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. She's got these chitinous plates and then the smoother uh under exoskeleton and that's what tyranids look like yeah. and so when they've got the quotes waifu tyranid if that's just immediately what i went to because it was just like the first thing i could think of and i was like uh <laughs> <laughs> why i need i need to see what she really looks like because this is not a yeah. <laughs> correct free, image in my head <laughs> free just wanted to have a story about crab people that's all <laughs> <laughs> just oh man just speaking of Kyra, so, like, like we get crab, we get like her chas and yurika when they go when they get Yurika from you know, her doing the Emperor messenger mission to get the data off of it or whatever, they end up on this like planet. Now I missed how they got there. I think it was because Kairos had like it, an idea of like where this planet was. Was it her home world? It's like, implied. Yeah, it's implied because like yeah. the people on that planet are basically like her and they're coming after them and she kind of understands how they think. So she's like, if we do something big and like dangerous, they won't come near it for a long time. And so hmm. um, it's just more of the... We get that little bit of backstory with Kairos and stuff and they're building that bond. And that's where really, like, I could see Chas fall apart on that mission. Whereas, because, like, she's by herself and she's like, even Kairos doesn't want me. And Kairos, I've been flying with her for fucking ever. And she wants Yurika, who's just a fucking traitor, right? Like, who even betrayed mm. me? Like, so that's a huge reinforcement to, to Chas's, you know, fall into the to the cult stuff. But that was a really good... Like you're right, brand of brothers or band of sisters, even mm. coming together and making these things. The one thing I really liked about Kairos too is at the very end when she's talking to to Eureka and saying like, "Hey, I'm going to be leaving and all this stuff," and she's like, "I don't remember exactly the language she used," and she didn't say the Force, but it was like spiritual and all this stuff. And I'm like, "I'm going to be yeah, I'm, I'm going this. to be reborn. I'm right. not going to be Kairos anymore." And so and I'm like, that's, be that's a huge like that was like I was waiting for her to be like walking off into the sunset, and then it just like. The cloak just goes to the ground <laughs> and then like like oh, she's gone and i'm like yeah. i was waiting for that i'm like is, is she gonna pull an obi-wan right now no no that was when hilarious. she jumped off i actually thought she was getting because you know the shell and the chrysalis is falling off i yeah, thought I, wings were gonna yeah, she i thought she was gonna, gonna be able to fly oh my god that would be hilarious no she's just a badass <laughs> I, was, I was yeah because I, I probably had the same thought as ed when she jumps i was like oh my god she has wings and yeah like, nope she just Wind on all the cap. Yeah, you know, kind of bug wings or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I was waiting for like <laughs> I was waiting for like these beetle wings to come out or something where they're segmented yeah. off the of the shell, right? And then she goes. I was like, oh, and then she's just running on the sky. I was like, yeah, that's fucking anticlimactic. That would have been that would have been hilarious. You just see her like fly away with her little wings and like a fucking U-wing cannon on her, like carrying a U-wing cannon, just killing all the Imperials <laughs> as she goes. I'm different. I'm not Kairos yeah. anymore. Well, no, but that, that's the, that's the whole point, right? Like she's not going to be a killer yes, anymore. Yeah, she's done with that. Though I would have loved to see, like, you know, like a spinoff, like comic of like Kairos being like an assassin for ex-imperials that have done shit. I'm like, oh my god, I would. That would have been nuts. That would have been crazy. Even just, even just watching her during the rebellion, right? Because I, yeah. I don't actually know when they escape. They never really say it. But Cassian Andor, yeah, give watching, us this. <laughs> yeah, watching Kairos's death incarnate. Because man, she goes. She goes ham. When she was just ripping through stormtroopers in the first book, I was like, oh my god. Remember when we, we thought she was a Wookiee Ed? <laughs> yeah, we have a corn berserker. I mean, she's ripping one half. To be fair, the the way she did. The way Chas described it sounded you ripping yeah. arms off, and so that's yeah. the only just other people. Pick up a stormtrooper as you're throttling him, and it's just like, oh man, all right. Yeah, because yeah, there's human strength here. As crazy similar as they are, we never hear Trandoshans like slashing people apart and ripping them or biting their heads off or anything mm-hmm. like that because they, they could, but they're always like, but you, but you, but you, where Wookiees yeah. are just like, right? So it's like, 
okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna think other. It's like you're clearly some kind of beast. So we oh. get so we get some other stuff. I, did we talk about Yurika Quell in, in depth yet? Eh, no, we kind of touched on. Okay. Touched so on I think there. she's like the last one of the of alphabet questions that we really need to touch on, and she has the most mm. complex story through this through this book. I think mm. uh, where you know she defects to defects in quotation marks to Shadow Wing. She becomes part of the squadron, but she doesn't fly with them. She she carves out the tattoo on her arm, which is what mm. I was referencing to Unoma when I was like, "Did you get to the shower part yet?" Where it like references oh, how okay. she did that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, "Oh man, that's pretty gnarly." And like she's undercover, you know. She repurposed Thai bomber communication parts on the Yadis freighter to communicate mm. with the New Republic, and then you know burns a hole through the messenger's like head and chest, and then <laughs> and they have this like weird like thing where you know they they're both her and Soren Keys are working on the messenger trying to get these parts out because it's superly intricately done, mm. uh, like put together. She goes yeah, off to the leads. mission. Yeah, and then that leads into realizing what the messenger was doing and how there's the big Database, data sphere that yeah. contains yeah that contains all of the crimes that anyone in the empire has ever done. Yeah, and then her team, which was, you know, tries to inter- like interrogate her. So that scene was brutal. I can picture that whole scene in my head when she's like in the the building and like her team is mm. just like beating the shit out of her and like throwing her into the bathroom and she's like, holy fuck, what's happening? And she escapes and stuff like that. And then you get fucking chats coming in as she's sending the communication to uh, Soren yeah. Keys and she's like, hey, bitch, and just like starts beating her up in this communication yeah. booth. I was like, oh my god, Chas, relax. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It, it, yeah, it was brutal. And yeah, Cole's thing, I don't know. Cole's story in general seems to just be, I don't know what to do. Yeah, it's just, I don't know what to do, and my emotions are destroying me. Yeah, she's eating herself on the inside out, and it doesn't help when everybody else hates her, right? Like A lot lot of her problems are self-inflicted. I mean, that's kind of, throughout the entire story, something that kind of, I mean, annoyed me, but I can understand it, right? Where it's... Man, if in between the first and second book, you had just sat down with Alphabet Squadron and been like, hey... I need to be honest with you, and this might ruin our friendships, but I need to tell you guys, I need to, I trust you guys, right? If we're going to work as a team, I need you guys to understand everything about me, including the stuff I hid. Would have saved a lot of stuff, right? Yes, they would have been angry, but at least then she could have explained, like, hey, like, you know, I was at a point where I just, I was dead inside. I was just doing what I needed to do because I was with the Empire and I couldn't escape anymore, and it led to this. And I don't know, I was just at a point where I, I you know, I was just going to go along with everything because I wasn't living anymore. Yeah. Right? I think she gave up. taken a lot better. I Sorry? think She gave up everybody... herself very early, and she never really does come back. See, her, now... To give herself a second chance. Guys, I think... Okay, I'm going to take this from another angle. Every Imperial defector that we've seen that's gone to the Republic have been... New Republic heroes, Lyndon Javes, hmm. Wedge Antilles, General Arachton, uh, all those guys, right? Crick's well, Medine. We, well, <laughs> Medine, sorry, he's expanded. Medine. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's expanded as well. We we never actually see the in-between for like, you know, okay, when they just got there, what happened? All of a sudden, oh, no, you guys are great. Wedge Antilles is a Republic hero. No, Wedge mm. Antilles Sky Strike Academy, right? <laughs> um, Biggs too, wasn't it? Was it Biggs that defected with them? No, Biggs was on... um, Yeah. yeah. But see, Yurika Quell is the greatest representation of, let's say it's... Especially, Noma, you and I should be with this a lot because Mm. let's say you know our empire and then stuff like Cinder happens. There's a certain point where you're just like, okay, fuck, I agreed with some stuff, but this, like either Alderaan or Cinder... You say Alderaan is like that big moment, I think. Right? (laughs) 
Where it's like Alderaan, but, you can Alderaan, you can justify exactly in, in, yeah. in a weird, twisted way because yeah. it's just like hard to believe that everybody there was base, a like a rebel. Ri- exactly, but yeah. if the planet was like very supportive, and then you do that to set an example, you can twist that. You can get yeah. away with that somehow. You kill a lot of well, Cinder, the extremes. I mean, Nash, right? Nash Windrider. Yeah, his own Cinder planet. Is, he doubles down. Yeah, yeah. Cinder is mindless, where it's just like everything. Blah blah yeah. blah, and then you can't. You th- that's a breaking point for a lot of people. And then from everything, so you've had Alderaan, and then you've had this to go and be a defector. Now it's just like, yeah, anybody would be like, the hell is wrong with you? So from her to being like, I can't talk to anybody. She had a therapist she couldn't talk to. You think she's gonna go talk to her squadron? Who's just like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm here now. Everything's good. I don't want to ruin anything. Hell no, I'm not going to talk to them. Uh, this fucking droid I have to go keep talking to. Why do you keep making me go talk to this thing? Why don't you trust me? I through a lot Let's, of trauma. All these, all these conflicting things where it's just like, yeah. of course they're not trusting you because they can't, because they don't know. All we know for yeah. sure is that you came from the Empire now. The, right? the one thing I would, yeah. The, the one then, thing I would say to that as well, though, is like, yeah, if it was just her backstory or, you know, her secrets where it's just like, this is just something I'm keeping to myself. Mm. Then yes, I could understand not going to it, but the fact that you got that sword because it's Kieran Ados. Yeah, I Karen, I can't Karen remember Aiden. the name. Karen yeah. Aiden. So much. Yeah, it's, it's that Aiden's holding that sword. Was like, oh, I know what your real yeah. past is. At that point, it, it's more of like a ticking yeah, yeah. time bomb, right? At that point, then yeah, you really have to make a decision. Where it's just like, yeah. okay, do I tell him or not? And you know what? From that point, again, because she's so messed up and she hasn't been doing the thing. Ito says it perfectly when it's just like you take the first step and then you stop. Yep. Yeah. You yeah. gotta keep one keep step at a time. Stopping. Yeah. You don't. So it's just like so by that time, again in her head, she's like she's taking that first step where it's like, okay, the team. I'm finally gonna like open up and say a couple things. I'm flying with Lark, everything like that. I'm gonna talk to him and then you know, oh continue. no, but yeah. Karen Aiden, oh God. So I can't tell oh no. Yeah. So when they get mad, it's just like Okay, that first step has now gone back, and we're at step zero. Yeah, or no, we're at step negative I, one now, now. Yeah, it's like now I can't say anything to you when I should, and yeah. it's just like, like you're giving me the chance, and I, uh, no. Um, but then, it, but then it repeats, and that's the other thing that kind of annoys me. Like she, she hears that advice, and she goes, "Yes," you know. After the long argument, she goes, "He's right. I only take the first step." But then she does it again in Victory's Price because the one thing that also surprised me is once she's sending the messages. Because at that point, she knows that the Empire is, doesn't know that they exist yet, right? It's not until mm. the, the last message. Yeah. So in my head, I feel like it would have made more sense. And again, there's you know there's probably a reason why she didn't. Mm-hmm. But it's, hey, you send the first message. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, this looks like a mistake. Or, you know, this looks like a leak that we can follow up on. And you send the second message. And you go, hey, this looks like a leak we can follow up on. And then you send the third message. And the third message says, this is Erica Quell. Here are the location. No. Right? No. See, again, from yeah. there, the minute... Because look at everything that's happened up to that point. Because of all the stuff that happened in the first one, mm. as soon as she says it's your, she's the biggest traitor in the world. Don't trust her. Don't anything like that. No. But that's that's what at least in my head, this is this uh-huh. is the logic I would follow, right? It's like mm. when you send a third message. Oh well, it's her. We shouldn't follow. And you go well, but she's been right the last two times. But it no, could be a trap too. Right? I can exactly see it from both sides. I can see it from both sides. Let's lead you with the first two, yeah. and then let's set the Mislead. trap to be the third time because now you're gonna want to follow. But should you? And that creates too much that. bullshit there. But yeah, so, so I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it from the overall plot point because then yes. then you don't get the book because then she does announce herself and they all are, oh my God, she's she's gone evil for real. But like, look well, at what you... happens right away, right? Kairos and yes. they immediately go. Yeah, leave. And, well, and in, the ne- in the next battle, right? Yeah, but can you imagine if she had said her name in that and then the alphabet pilots hear that? All of them would have been like, where? Where'd that come from? Where'd that go? Oh, well, it came from that. Bye. Boom, and they're gone there. Mm. You just lost. I have a question alphabet. for you guys. If we as the reader didn't know 
Yurika's secret, you know how we didn't know it very early, like she was not the one who defected, mm -hmm. she was ordered to. If we didn't get mm -hmm. that till the end of this book, or like when when everything kind of comes to a head, would we have, or like even the second book, like would we have felt the same way that Alphabet felt? Whereas like, holy shit, we thought you defected, but you didn't. You were, you know, because we know it, but nobody else does, right? The, the biggest would you thing have felt differently, bugged... you think? No, because the biggest no. thing that has bugged me... Sorry, <laughs> I cut you. No, no, go for it, go for it. You're on a, you're on a good road, okay. go for it. Because it wouldn't have changed my opinion, because the biggest thing that has bugged me about how everyone reacts to it is they all react like Erica was the one who literally was the only person. They, the they, yes, react, like, yes. yeah, they yeah. react like she's the, like, I'm going to go to KOTOR 2 now, uh, although Dan hasn't gone. It's okay, I get what you're saying. Hit the big red button yeah. and then Cinder happened, yeah. They, they, they yeah, yeah, they're treating her like she's the exile. Yeah. Yeah, where yeah. it was... She, she literally hit the button and blew up Necronus, and yeah. she's not. She's part of the working here. I mean, regiment. Yeah. yeah, Keys is more to blame than than she is, right? Although, granted, they don't know that Keys is alive for the majority of the books. Mm. You know, she, yeah, she's not in charge of Operation Cinder. She is a cog in the machine. Yeah, right. That's why it's extremely the, unfair. Yeah, but, the pilots, but, the 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 gunners who pulled the levers on the Death Star are more complicit than she was. Yeah, right? she was just a starfighter that helped with it. And and that's mm. see that's the issue because like in her head, that's why she needs the therapy because in her head she she thinks the way that they do and she's like oh my god I did this like, like she this didn't want to like, she didn't want to leave she didn't feel good about but, it but it's right? the syntax it's not I was a part of yeah. this it's I did this yeah right and that's huge because that's just like no you you are taking all the blame for that you are feeling like the one who's murdered a world you are part of the thing that murdered the world mm. but you know all those people who are standing on the death star when it did everything they're just like ha that, that happened <laughs> did you do it no yeah. no i didn't give the command i don't care yeah. Yeah. right so that's it if anybody else was just like oh yeah it's just like i was following orders that's that's, that's another thing of saying like you understand you are a cog at that point or you're looking for a way out at that point but at least yeah. you're at that point you had to have she somebody else decide it. for you to get the hell out of there yeah but she because to that point remember why she joins i'm gonna do this and defect to the rebellion mm. okay great and this year has gone by and you haven't. And this year has gone by and you haven't. And this year has gone by and you haven't. And now you're just going poop, 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 poop. So where your eyes are wide and bright like this, you're starting to just go, okay, well, Yeah, whatever. just kind of... Uh, yeah, it's, and it's another mission. And yeah. which makes like the whole, what they were saying with the whole list for the Empire, right? It was just like, look, everybody's complicit in something because you could be a male guy who's just like, oh yeah, I got to deliver this message. But oh, this one told me to burn it because it could save somebody and I he didn't want them saved. So now I'm complicit in that. Mm. Or, you know, oh, I gave you the wrong coffee because this is going to mess up your day and make you late for this meeting. This other <laughs> guy's going to get promotion. Over. Simple it's things like that. It's not called like coffee, that, it's but... called calf. Just saying. No. <laughs> Come on, canon. <laughs> right? Now, if it's canon, they shouldn't be saying, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> Han Solo, Han Solo said that. hell, so that's yeah. the only reason I can, I can justify that. Yeah. Um, right, so, yeah, uh, Norman, you were just... Oh, I, my, I had a, a point about something Yeah, but different. the oh, last okay. thing I want to yeah. say with her, it's like, because she finally has that moment, and she does conjure it up herself, and I'm glad that she did it, because she chose the perfect way to do it. When she's sitting in that cell after everything, and she, hmm. when she was still like, I can't tell you, I can't tell you because I'm still conflicted, sitting there, and who does she conjure up? Her fucking therapist. Yep. Yeah. Her it was interesting. Like, right? Where she's like working it through in her head, and it's finally, it's like, it's no, it's you, it's it's what Ben Solo should have done. A yeah, healthier way of it. Yep. Where it's just like, okay, well, why? 
and why and own this and accept yeah. this and do no stop you've gone over that enough don't go over it again yeah. let's yeah. move forward what's going to be you've made those decisions they've led you here what are you going to do now you've, you're not going to go over those decisions make those same decisions again it's time to move forward what are you going to do okay yeah. tell her i'm ready to talk and i'm gonna talk that's that's progress and you let's mm. guess what you've actually gone past that second step you've come to a conclusion or something good job now what now you keep going and if mm. ben had done that it would have been a little more wholesome rather than just like hey i forgive me okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because the conclusion isn't "I forgive me." It's yeah. let's do it's something. Like, it's like let's you never for, never forget this, but you have to move forward with exactly. that in mind. Now, the one thing I was going to say too is we we never really brought this up, but she gets hit in the head many times, three times. Oh, yeah, she's a over walking the course. concussion. Yeah, this, like this she, she had a crack in her skull, and then ITO was yeah. like, "We're going to try and fix that," and then it never fixed it, and then she gets she crashes. Her arm, she fucking her nose. Yeah, she crashes yeah. on the asteroid. Yeah, literally just beating the shit out of out of Her uh, ribs were cracked and broken. Man, she yeah. was a mess. She gets cut up from the glass trying to get out of the washroom. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. That's why when Hera saw her, like, yeah, her arms were just like they might have been patchwork at that point because they were so scarred and bruised. Right? Only when Chas calls her and says, like, hey, like what happened to your arm? Did they know you had the tattoo? And she's like, No, I did it before that. And she's like, yeah. fair enough. And they just drop it, and it's just like, holy shit. There's some really mm -hmm. good parts in, the, in these books. Like, the oh, one yeah, thing I'd say are. about Alexander Freed is that he can write military battles really well. Stresses mm -hmm. and mental health, as well as, like, the pressure of military and, like, the internal monologues of people. Like, he has a really good way of making these characters feel more, ra like, rationally human or, like, person like they're more personable than... You know, if you're just like, oh, Luke Skywalker's, you know, fantastic. He has nothing wrong with him. Everything's good. Or like whatever it is, right? Like he's not he's, just a fictional he's character. Got a, he's got a good way of making it, yeah, not heroic archetypes and like actual people, like which I guess yeah. is... characters you care about for to a degree, right? As well. Yeah, which which ironically is I think one of the reasons I have so many problems with a bunch of these characters yeah. is I'm used to seeing more heroic archetypes. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. And you're like, these problems I'm... don't come up with heroes. But these see, are that's not things, saying, yeah, but these are real people. Well, it's, it's not even that they don't come up with heroes, it's that they're they're more easily resolved with heroes. Yes, yes. sir, sure. Yeah. yeah. But that's why I was saying, like, that's why I like Quell so much, because I'm mm. I'm trying to put myself in her shoes at that point, and it's easy and it's terrifying. Yeah. Because of that. Because mm. you think about it. Everybody loves to say, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Put yourself in that situation and in everything that's going on and all that pressure. Okay, How many yeah. of us could say that, you know what? Yeah, I'd say this. Like, would you? Could From an error standpoint, could you could as an author. At that point. Yes, mm -hmm. as an author. Somebody reading it, you'd be like, I could make all these right decisions. But it's in true. that moment, when think of all the moments in your life where you should have said something and you couldn't. Or you there was a thing yeah. to do and you should have done it and you didn't. And I think mm -hmm. there's simple little things and they're things you know now you should have done, but you didn't. Why? Probably a really stupid reason. Quell had a really stupid reason. It's she true. Had yeah. a stupid trauma <laughs> and she <laughs> couldn't do it. Yeah. That's why it's Thinking and for me, it was like if I was an imperial having to go to that and and dealing with all this shit. There's a lot of shit I wouldn't say. There's a lot of stuff I would try to cover up. Yep. It would go horribly. And then when it comes out, I'd be like, "Well, sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, fuck yeah, the, you. You're done." The the only, I mean, going going by that point, I think the only time I would have actually 
done something different than Quell is when they all confront her, right? Exactly. Like I said, I would have I would defend yourself. Yeah, if I knew that Aiden had that info over me, I'd be like, well, I need to release this on my terms then. Exactly. Right. And, and he, I, I can yeah. understand that. And and you have somebody like Tenzin who knows as well. And who yeah. also came from something that who was ready and he beat yeah. himself up for not doing it more. But to yeah. be fair to him, she never gave him a chance to even try. Mm. He did mm. try out of nothing. She needed to give him something. And he was even yeah. asking that when he's like, give me something here. I'm trying to help you. Yeah. Nothing. yeah. Right. So, yeah, that point, I could see a lot of people making it like, you know, the, the part B decision at that point. I see that. And I agree with that 100%. But there's a lot of things she did where similarly, like, yeah. And even when she was doing all that, like that, you know, sneaky, sneaky, I'm going to send messages of like, you know what? I could see a lot of people just going back and just falling back into that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. I got to do. No. And I, I thought this. that's what she ha- was doing until mm. you get to the Because she scene. was doing yeah. it so well. It was just like, yeah. you didn't yeah. know her convictions at that point. Because it's just like, yeah, why would you've been through that? This is the thing you've wanted your entire career of military. Mm. Your whole thing was to end up with the Republic. Guess what? You're there. Now they don't want you. Clarification on the shower scene. Know? It sounds pretty. Uh... <laughs> x-rated it's yeah, not it's, it's more you know, just... it's, it's, a, it's one of the shower reflection scenes yes. that you see sometimes yeah right? it's know, like it's more of like to think. trying to yeah. figure out what you're doing and like talking yeah. to yourself kind of thing no that's sorry that, like, that's why for me like quell had the biggest arc for everybody i don't there's no real main character in these books mm-hmm. per se because it is squadron based but like yeah. to, to hear her have finally have that conversation at the end with with keys that's why it was so big for me because oh yeah to the point where she can actually come to that template and still say no i don't trust them it's not my call. but i don't have any right to yeah mm. like that that's huge that shows oh, yeah. the development that she's had what i what ito was trying to get towards what everybody was trying to say and then finally for her to look at that and realize like yeah i know a few good people but they're not the republic they're not mm. the whole republic and i have to deal with that yeah, and, and that was a, a really good point as well. I really, really liked that end conversation because the entire time that Coruscant mission was happening, I didn't actually know who I wanted to win. Mm. I, I was seeing it a little bit more from Soren's perspective, I think, where I was like, yeah, you you got to save all these Imperials that are going to be prosecuted unjustly. And so, you know, he's taking out the thing and I'm like, in my head, I kept being like, just just let him do it, Erica. Just let him take it down and then try to take him out. But then, yeah, she has the conversation at the end where she goes, you know, yes, you'll save people. But all these actual war criminals are just going to be able to walk. And we have to rely on the New Republic to be able to actually dispense justice, not just assume that they're not going to because we've been with diehard Empire, you know, personnel for mm-hmm. this entire time. Right. Mm-hmm. And especially the point w- with me that won me over to her side is when Soren's trying to convince her and she goes, look, you have justifications for everything we've done. Yep. But so many of the things that we've done aren't good, no matter how you look at them. You tell us that Operation Cinder was okay because we were loyal, but we killed a world. That's not a good justification for it. And I was like, you know what? He's She's right. I mean, okay, so also look at it this way. Like, the one thing that I just realized is like, oh, man, Soren Keys, you have a lot of plot holes here. But like, the one thing is like, he went to Chattawa to kill an Imperial world like he did, like they did with Vardos I'm, and stuff like that. It's God, like, I've got he wanted to murder like too. 500 million people, right? Half a billion people, right? Mm-hmm. Of, they're all Imperials. And then at the end, he's yeah. like, well, let's save them. We have to save all the Imperials. It's like, but you were trying to murder 500 yeah. million Imperials. I'm like, okay, I get it, but I don't. Yeah, because at that point, it, was, it wasn't it was about the whole Empire. It was about the 204th. Yeah, it was that like, was they it. betrayed us, that and they're it. not. And it yeah. was just like, 
I got to keep my people. I got to keep these people alive. I got to make sure they're all good. I got to make sure this, 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 this. Then all of a sudden it turned into, oh, well, the whole empire. It's just like, yeah. eh, you really, you really like to pick your moments. Yeah. Mm. You really do. When they needed you the most, you dipped. Now they need you the most again, but you justify, again, I love how justifying Bruce, your own thing. So Bruce calls him out on oh, his Bruce, shit. Yeah, mm. that was great. Yeah, I mean, was he's good. like, you left us before, and you know what? Come we back respected again. you. And then yeah. you did, yeah, exactly. That was great. Just be like, no, you. I can't believe you're doing this again. And then he Why? talks to Tessa Bruce, and, and then they're just like, okay, I get what you're trying to do. Go do it. Yeah. Yeah, and again, try to justify it to somebody else, right? The whole thing. Mm. She's right. She's justifying it. Because imagine if he, let's say he had done it, right? The war criminal is going to be judged, and then the bureaucrat who is doing his job is going to be judged just as harshly. Yeah. Because, you know, what? It may, yeah, that powder calf versus that world. Oh, it's at mm. the same level. It's not fair. And the, the big and problem, the New Republic wouldn't do that. The big problem mm. that Mon Mothma talks to about with Hera and and Quell is just like, oh, yeah, setting precedent. Yeah, like you can't like for Quell, like they don't want to use her as an example, obviously, right? Because mm. she's a special case, and it's just unfortunate that she's the first person in line. But at the same time, it's like the entire galaxy is Empire. Mm. There's nowhere in the galaxy, like very few places in the galaxy, that are not touched by the Empire or have people that were involved with the Empire. So like, mm. you can't prosecute everybody and put them all into jail. Because that would be like three quarters of your of your yeah. galaxy. Like that's just not yeah. feasible. At the same time, the one thing that was occurring to me while they were having that conversation is, oh yeah, we're setting precedent for this. And I was like, are you setting precedents for it though? Because they said they didn't want to, but they were saying it's going to anyway. Right, right, exactly. You can't avoid it. But at the same time, I was going, okay. So granted, the only thing you're really setting precedents for is that she is someone who partook in Operation Cinder. Again, she didn't do it, and everyone always acts like she's the one who hit the button but just because she took part in the emperor's and the empire's atrocities it's like cool but she's not the only person who has right i mean look at the guy from the mandalorian well yeah 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 right but i'm also thinking like lyndon Javes and crix maydean and all these other people who defected to the alliance and just because they did it earlier so they you know they weren't around for operation center it's like yes but they were all part of the empire when the death star blew up alderaan yeah exactly so that's all the precedent you had you need. and and even then they've done and, and including quell they've all done their time in a sort of way where they were helping to stop yes the rest that's of what i was gonna say stuff, too right? yeah, they've, yeah. Ju- they've joined the, the good rest, cause good exactly cause, right? with the re- now that all that is done and these guys don't have the opportunity anybody else to get for us like listen they they were special cases because they they realized their their whatever their faults their sins whatever and then they came over they and they did their best to then, write it yeah there's nothing that you can really do for that in that same kind of way so you will have to do either a bit of jail time something whatever community to, service to, exactly to make up for that that what is what the precedent should be at yeah. that point and, like, and I felt oh sorry keep on sorry no no go ahead you're you're going right where I want to go oh yeah so I, like and I felt like at the end of the book that's what happened yes. and I was absolutely okay with it because Yurika says you know she can't vote she can't use a weapon she can't take galactic or you know government contracts Mm. and i was like yeah obviously your life's not going to be the easiest now but it makes sense it's a lot yeah exactly there's got to be some sort of yeah you've gotten to the situation we we cannot have you in that position at Mm. all Um, it's understandable the only other kind of oh sorry dan i could I was just going to say, if there's any other, yeah, let's just do our like final points and then we get into the ranking. So the point that kind of really bugged me and it's made Sloan and well, I guess Rand or Sloan or whoever, but just to have them drop so much farther down 
how much I respected their characters. Operation Cinder 2 is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Where it's like, I, yeah, it's I so feel like... I feel like they were trying to be like, oh, this is how they became the First Order. But I'm like, okay, from a tactical perspective, you are fighting the New Republic. And you decide that the best thing to do with your resources is let's punish the... uh, Yeah, let's punish other Imperial Remnant. Like, the amount of stupidity in that decision... I could understand it if it was from the Emperor's Messenger droid, where it's, some, it's you know, a droid that's just doing this thing that, you know, was a weird dead contingency plan. Mm-hmm. But just the thought of it being like, okay, while we're fighting the New Republic, the best way to spend our resources is to take down other Imperial Remnant, because they don't agree with They're not doing anything. They're not doing, any- doing anything. And are, going to, yeah, and are going to be a roadblock for the New Republic, because now they have to deal with this other threat, but you're now taking it out because your fee-fees are hurt, because yeah. you all know my ego. Yeah. The blatant stupidity in that. I was like, wow, I don't respect Pi- the Imperial Remnant anymore. They're I mean, just a this, bunch of this, fucking this Imperial idiots. Remnant, like, the Sloan but it's going the out, strongest part of it. Well, this, the, right? Sloan, the Sloan part where like she's gone into the... Well, we don't know. The unknown regions. Like, she's gone. Yeah. She is. But like that Imperial Remnant, we don't get to see a lot of until we get to like the Aftermath trilogy, which I think you'll really enjoy in that regard. It's a different but picture now- of this. But now I know this is happening at the same time, yes, right? But and it's the main section of Imperial Remnant. It's just in my head, looking at that Imperial Remnant versus the one I'm used to seeing. You know that I'm always going to judge because it's expanded or Legends or whatever. But looking at at Thrawn's yeah. Imperial Remnant, oh yeah, yeah, versus this versus, stupid yeah. one that's going. Yeah, we have we have threats that the New Republic has to deal with. Let's take them out for them. Because yeah, you. Because I'm angry it. that they didn't join. Yeah. Oh man, because you think yeah. about it, right? It's just like that's it. It's that he hit it right in the nail. Why would you? Like, why would you I'm use resources on this? I'm angry because they didn't join. Because they didn't submit to my authority. So now I must punish them. Who the fuck are you to decide that? When you said authority, all I could think it was Cartman. Cartman. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But but even still, it's just like yeah, you know, okay, I don't want to follow you. I don't want to listen to you. You know, we're here. We're entrenched. We're doing all our things. It's like okay, listen, you don't want to follow. Great, stay there then. Stay there and just make a problem. If we mm. need, like, if you can be a problem, be a problem. If you don't want to be, great. You know what? You want to stay there? At least give us something. Give us back the destroyer, or send a contingent of ties, or yeah. do something. If you all can't be here, give it. us something because we are all still empire. And at that point, you'd be like, you know what? Yeah, here, take a thing. Even if it's just a fucking pittance, at least they're saying here. If yeah, if Admiral and Sloan was... came in and said, uh, you know, at Chattawa, where like she came in and she was like, if she gave them the opportunity to come back, I think they would have joined up with her because they said like, yes, you know, the reason why they had a problem with Soren Keys is because he was oh, you know doing him. all these other shit right on the side that no one really mm-hmm. agreed with, and so that's why he was like, I'm gonna fucking you know kind of play the middle card and be like, I'm still with the Empire, but. Just not Sword and Keys for whatever reason. And even though he saved Sword and Keys in the end, whatever. But I think if if Admiral Sloan, Grand Admiral Sloan was there and said, you have one more opportunity to join up with the Imperial Remnant. If you do not, you're done. I think he would have. No. Matter gas? No. I think he would no, have. No, because his whole reasoning was just like, when everything went to shit, we ended up here, we needed repairs, all this stuff, and these people welcomed us because it was an Imperial world and they took care of us yeah, yeah there yeah. is no way we can just ditch them to anything that's now. true he did not have a big you, not, yeah. because their whole thing was like join us or die 
that's it join us or die but and he doesn't it's just like, like we're imperial yeah it's like we're imperial why are you doing i thought they respected each other because the way they were talking to each other in the comments just like yeah, no dude right? i know you but yeah you're, you're great and i know you and you're great so why are we doing this well here's our reasoning oh that's actually good reasoning um, yeah. And they're an imperial world. Yeah, yeah. He was just oh, being a stick really in the mud. Reasoning. It's so true. But yeah. then, yeah, yeah. But and then Madrigas goes fucking insane because yeah. hey, we have to defend these people because kill ourselves. They protect yeah. us. Let's suicide against the new republic. Yeah, it's, yeah. That really saves the planet, right? Yeah. But then just, think, and then that's it because he was driven to madness by madness. Yeah, yeah. That's it, and it's infuriating because. Like he was talking with Quo, I was like, "Can you imagine at the beginning of the, let's say Endor happened, and two weeks after that, everybody didn't lose their fucking minds, yeah. and we stayed together? What do you think would have happened?" And well, then we like, would have had legends. I think I think Madrigas is, is your version of my tag. <laughs> I fucking no, hate tag. No, you fucking no. hate Madrigas. No, mine is, mine is Aiden. My, my tag is Aiden. Oh, that's true. That's true. Also, oh, the man, one thing I want to bring up. I don't hate any of those. Ones that final, much. My final yeah. point is that. This all happened and worked out the way it did because of Karen Aiden. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, still all yeah, his fault. Yeah, well, yeah. Not, not all his fault even, but like it, it still all worked the way it He's did. He's the catalyst. He's the catalyst yeah. that really helped with the Battle of Jakku, even though he wasn't there. His squadron was what really made a difference, right? And like sure, but he could have oh, yeah. been a lot better if he hadn't been a fucking idiot. Yeah, but he, we know Karen Aiden. <laughs> He's mentally there, unsound insane that, reporter his 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 entire species is the same way i look at quarren's because yeah. we've only got two examples of his species so far as far as One's i can remember and it's addict, yeah. yeah yeah it's death stick dealer and aiden who's yeah and it's the same thing every quarren just turns out to be a bad guy somehow yeah everyone it's all the, the quarrens are assholes yeah where it's just all of all i can't remember it starts with a b or something but all of his race are just assholes yeah yeah Ooh. Plenian, uh, no, not Plenian. Um, uh, Bowel something. I can't remember what what race he is. But they're, they're, just, they're, they're the humans with the antennas. He's the death stick dealer. It's the death stick oh, dealer. Okay. Yeah. Balasar. Balasar. Yeah, something like that. I can't remember Balasar what the name is, but yeah. Any other points for Alphabet Squadron victory? Yeah. Um, no I had one that was just a little bit of a aha moment. Okay, yeah. I, um. Anybody, if you've played the Jedi Consular story and you've met up with okay. kaizen fest he's every transocean has this thing where it's just like you know the scorekeeper and points and depending on your points yeah. by the time you die it's your standing with the scorekeeper and do you get into transocean heaven or not yeah, or whatever yeah. at that point right i want to know so, what transocean heaven looks like yeah. war <laughs> what is it, it just like, like Valhalla, yeah, is it just is it just like a hunting is, ground is it just like a nice like rock with like a nice sun beating on it and you can just lay on that rock and enjoy the sun and then like, cool on <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I yeah i assume it's the same thing as her scene from skyrim where it's just like eternal hunt yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. because at because at that point you know there's a there you think about how many different races are within the um the republic, New republic. Mm. and that that goes to show again will is so conscious of this stuff of that people. he would be great in a support role where he's yeah, just like oh yeah. we're all going out of this and he's like high-fiving this guy and he's like you're gonna do great you're gonna be Doing fine that tends thing that tends did in this book exactly where yeah. he was like the people who needed a hug or something like that or strong words he gave those the people who needed that fire he gave yeah and then he sees the trandoshan lady getting in he's just like hey i uh damn the name escapes <laughs> me but you know you know the scores you get your yeah, points score and, and, and gamekeeper yeah yeah you get your points and then it'll be great and she and then they were just like ha, ha, i love you will you're Lark. trying yeah. and i yeah. love you for it and yeah. that's the kind of thing right and then it's like all right let's go see what the commander has to say yeah let's go because everybody's in those high spirits now right mm -hmm. but it's just like god damn like again it just goes to show 
how good he would have been in that role yeah, versus a supportive just role. trying to do everything. Like, yeah. no, how many times in your life have you heard, you cannot do everything, you cannot control everything? Well, people pushed and him to see, do it too, right? That's the problem they too. They pushed him in to the do wrong everything. Direction. And yeah. it just, that's why it hurts. And that's why I'm so angry. And I know I got angry yeah. with him for being like, I'm and then after all this, and you, you get some time to chill and think, it's like, you know what? He broke. And that's all it is. Yeah. Be as and mad then, as you want. The dude broke, and you can't. You can't help that. He's been and, telling everybody you know, from the start, "I want to go home." Oh no, but here's some more pressure. I want to go home, but here's some more pressure. Hey, Nath, don't tell anybody. I really want to go home. And, okay, and then, but here's more pressure. Yeah, and that is the thing that that I think bugs me the most about this trilogy is that I can see a beautiful Alphabet Squadron yes. that's commanded by Quell. Yeah, and it's got Nath and you know it's got Nath and Will backing her up as you know the the guy who knows everything and the guy who's the heart and then you've got chaz and kairos being like the bruisers right yeah. yes and there's yeah. this beautiful opportunity for an alphabet squadron that i never got to see yeah because karen aiden fucked everything up it's i mean just... there could be an opportunity for alphabet, alphabet squadron 2 electric boogaloo when they all come Where? back together 10 years later no there's no war there's no, I, know, I know i know the closest we could get is nath's group yeah, not just, even because Nath would want nothing to do with it anymore. I'm, I'm saying, saying that, I mean, like Nath, Nath's pirate group just on its own, right? Yeah, oh, I'm just saying oh, that they're oh, all yeah. still alive. Yeah, but it's just no. It's just there was an opportunity yeah. for something that Beautiful. you know I would have yeah. right, and I would have loved to see that, but that's not the story that we get. And you know, we I'm not going to more realistic look into like yeah. people's faults in in these books. I think that's what it is. But and honestly. It's just, it's kind of a reflection of like the last few years that we've had in our in our world, and like but I don't I don't want what, yeah I don't want that either the shit outside yes. I don't want you know we want, I want Star a Wars fantasy that I can escape into right and, and, and like but the things that happen with the world politically and stuff always uh, reflect into the literature and things that are written at the time too right mm. like that's that's a big thing and I, that's where I kind of see like we're getting a lot more of the mental health stuff with books now and Star Wars and other series and things like that like we're getting a lot of things that we're focusing on as like a community in a world now that we're getting in our literature and it's nice to see those things because it's a reflection of the time right but at the same time we also want to be able to you know get rid of our you know d disbelief in facts put aside our disbelief yeah, to see something yeah fun yeah. and interesting want... and exciting and yeah yeah and i think that's what rogue squadron will be when we see that movie i think but i, mean, I hope not I hope so i had one more uh, point oh yeah <laughs> yeah I have one more point, Ed, with the Trandoshan scorekeeper was he's like, oh, yeah, that one person that I, I talked to. And I believe he said it was a person on Vanguard Squadron because in Squadrons, there's a Trandoshan on the team. Oh, oh no, 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 no. It, it was it wasn't Vanguard because oh, okay. this was somebody who had died. Uh, oh, was that's right. Either in Riot or it just after that. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're right. It was from it was from the other squadrons that he was with yeah. in the because Ordal cluster. That was the sister or the wife or yes, something. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Sorry, but I, See, I made that connection. I'm like, oh yeah, there's a person in Vanguard squadron he could have talked to. You. My my own connection with Swotor and the, the scorekeeper is uh, kind of the opposite. Where you're because when you're the bounty hunter, yes. I'm pretty sure it's a bounty hunter, and you go up to the Trandoshan <laughs> target, you just you just rip apart his his all of his achievements, and then you're like, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You have nothing now. Yeah. <laughs> Go to the scorekeeper and shame you, bastard. <laughs> so true. So true. It was just. Oh, it, was, it, it felt so good too because he's been screwing with you like the entire yeah, time. Yeah. So to just be like, you have nothing now. Yeah. Despair. He makes your life on hot terrible. Yeah. Oh man. It hot. was so. Oh man. I didn't yeah. do it. 
No, I'm glad you did. Yeah, <laughs> I get to I get to vicariously have that through you. You know what we should do, oh, guys? Oh man, the, the bounty hunter. The, the, uh, the sport tour stuff we should do like a sport tour episode based on like the storyline of a character class sword. well this has given us some great i think ideas to do a sport tour podcast one of these days eh, maybe like a discussion show or something but anyways with that being said let's head into the end of the podcast starting with the rankings so for the rankings of this book um i guess i'll start first because i've got the lowest score I'm giving this one, an, yeah, I'm giving this one a 6 out of 10. It's on, like, the end of the book is great. I'll definitely say that. The end of the book is great. I really enjoyed it. It made me do something that I don't, I n didn't think was possible, which was actually make me give a damn about the Battle of Jakku, because it was done very well. And like I said, really liked all the endings for everyone. I thought it ended on a very good note. But man, I was just hating so many things, like, that we've talked about, right? Yeah. From the beginning of the book up until where Jakku really starts to kind of happen. And then even then Will Lark's entire kind of falling apart point there. It's just, it's a rough ride. And I feel like honestly, out of all the books we've read, I still like the first alphabet squadron the most because they do have that moment where the squad works together. And that's just what I've been wanting for yeah. this entire trilogy is to see alphabet squadron be a squadron. They split up in this book and it's just like, that's not the squadron. That's, that's people. Yeah. yeah. And like Al I said, I, I understand the Sorry alphabet and friends yeah yeah exactly it's just yeah it's, it's just disparate where it's just I, I, all i've been wanting from the beginning of this and maybe that's my fault that i was wanting things that i wasn't expecting but from yeah. just the title of alphabet squadron i'm waiting for them to work as a squadron vanguard had more cohesion than alphabet did and i mean granted it's because it's a video game but they barely have any interaction at all right I mean, it's, uh, who would have thought that we our biggest qualms wouldn't have been the actual name of the squadron, Alphabet Squadron, before we started reading these yeah, books? That yeah. was the biggest qualm we had. Yeah, exactly. We couldn't take it seriously. And now it's just, it, it just, to me, it feels like there's a wasted opportunity because I love watching those squadrons work together yeah. and, you know, work off of each other and be that rogue squadron kind of thing where it's like, we all got each other's backs. We all work great. We know what everyone's good at. We know what Hobby's good at as opposed to Wedge, as opposed to Luke, as opposed to everybody else. It's just, I don't know. I, I feel like there's missed opportunities here. Sure. And granted, that just might be my own bias. But mm. I was looking forward to watching them work together, and they never do. And that's the main reason why it just kind of falls down the rankings for me. Mm. But uh, yeah, that's that's why I've got mine. So, uh, Ed, why don't you tell us as well? And you've also uh, got a ranking for Shadowfall that you've got to tell us. Yeah. So I'll, Shadowfall, I gave an 8. And that one was just was because of i thought there was a lot of character development i didn't realize how much that would regress in this one hmm. but i i realized i have my reasoning for why i also gave victory's price an eight and it actually is very synonymous with what noma's saying in a different way okay. uh let me try to pull this all together because what you were just saying is like they were so split up they weren't working as a squadron hmm. and i I didn't realize how much, like, in this, I've really latched on to Quell, and I've tried to defend her reasoning and all of that because that was the story I was focusing on. Yeah. I was so pissed off with Will. I was kind yeah. of not upset with Nath, but I understood Nath, so there wasn't much to look at anymore. Mm. Chaz, I just completely threw out the window because I didn't want to <laughs> yeah. listen to yeah. any of that. And Kairos opened up nicely, so that was just nice to see. That was the feel-good moment. But for me, this was a Quell story, not a Squadron story. So I was so focused on that, I forgot 
there was actually supposed to be a squadron story. It came to the point where, again, Alphabet and friends, when they're ready to start the Battle of Jakku, and it was Nath and Chaz. Yeah. Will had said, screw all of you, I'm out. Yeah. Kairos and, and, um, and Quill were halfway across the galaxy into the core. So it was just like, yeah, when are you guys ever a squadron? You're not, and everybody's making jokes like, you guys are a squadron of friends. There's more of us than you. Yeah. Why isn't it, you know, us and friends at that point? And yeah, Chaz yeah. like, screw that. I was like, no, but you're not addressing that they're right. Yeah. So what? So I was, and that hit me. I was like, yeah, you're not a squad. Okay, moving on. Right. So yeah. from there, it, yeah, th- this was a Quell story for me, not an Alphabet Squadron. And that is my reason where it's like, yeah. I wanted to see that whole arc come to, I wanted to see her hero's journey or her redemption mm-hmm. story, I should say. And I did. Yeah, yeah. And I got that. And that, and, and to hear how everything wrapped up and everything, because for the wrap up, she was in almost every one of those. It just, and Nath was the only one where she wasn't. And so from there, I was like, yeah, this is her story. So I'm yeah. giving it this for her story, not anything else. Yeah. So it, it makes no, sense as to why, no, why Noma gave it a, a score because it wasn't a mm. squadron. I'm also in that same boat and just in a, I'm at the bow where you're at the stern. That's all. Yeah. No, and that makes sense, right? Because you, you put in the good, if the title had been called Erica Quell colon Alphabet Squadron, I'd probably mm. see it as better. But when you're selling it to me as Alphabet Squadron, and then in reality, it's Alphabet Pilots. Yes, that's it's like Alpha Squadron, Yurka Quell. Like, you would read like that, or like, you know what I mean? Like, if it's focused on that character from the beginning, that's where, and that's where I feel like I mentioned it in the non spoiler part, but I think that might have been a disservice in the the way the author segmented the book because of those chapter 25. Mm. One, don't do that because you're splitting everything up. I get that you want to give the individual outlooks to everything like that. But when you're, again, that's, think, why did Twilight Company do so well? Why did Inferno Squad do so well? Because it was mm. always a together chapter, yeah, not yeah. a, you're doing this and you're doing this and you're trying to, I get it's a war. I get things happen, but you every chapter is divided like that. And when you have so much division, it's just like, well, why do we need to know what Nath is doing when he's right next to Will? Yeah. Why are you splitting those up? Why do you need to know Chaz when she's there? Why do you, you know? But mm. we constantly got those because everybody was so apart from each other that we never could get that chapter of here's everybody you got that maybe like what three times throughout the series and and that's why like i feel like even it's just the names that are setting me up for these expectations right because alphabet squadron i expect them to work as a squadron alphabet pilots would have been you know a more or new republic pilots yeah new republic pilots right because and and rangers of the new republic oh my god right But like, yeah, because that's the point as well, right? Cutting cutting the chapters up in between characters definitely does make it more disparate. But I've read books where it's also in other people's, you know, different character perspectives. And it works really well because Ed Ravener is a good example of that. Yeah. Right? You've got all these different characters and each chapter has, you know, well, it's usually Ravener, but it does switch between different characters. But they work as a team and you see yes. them working as, mm-hmm. you know, a full working group. And even then, when they split up and do their own thing, for most for many parts of the book it makes sense to me though because i've seen them interacting together and they don't actively hate each other right so i can understand why they then split up into parts and that's why erica and kairos at the end splitting into a part makes sense to me because they're they now have the the tightest bond out of everyone on the squad Mm -hmm. one thing i'd say is i think you're going to be really excited to listen to the rest of the aftermath trilogy um (laughs) they definitely come together more than this does so let's put it that way that's fair and not even just that. I, I honestly hope so because now I feel like when Aftermath came out, I wasn't ready for that was it. Early it, just, canon. it just jumped right into mm. all this stuff. And I was just like, no, I don't want that. Now you're like, I want to know I'm, what happens. 
because we've been given uh, even if i don't know proper is the word anymore but now that we've given a kind of like we've taken the map and we've made the stops along the way yeah where this makes sense as the next stop yeah. on the road where mm-hmm. it's just like you started me over here and you just threw me on a jet and sent me all the way and i'm just like where the fuck am i exactly i don't know <laughs> yeah. so you we were so displaced that it didn't make sense and then there was the kickback for that and i didn't i was pushing against it i didn't want to where now it's like okay it's there and now i'm ready for it so again yeah. the whole they should have taken five years to get everything sorted and then put out mass maybe not masterpiece but it would have been something more coherent yeah. rather than what we got my ranking yeah, for this is uh 7.75 Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't get it a seven i couldn't give it an eight and i couldn't give it a 7.5 because alphabet seven and i i thought that was the weakest one out of all of them 7.5 for shadowfall was good and i actually changed my mind on this that i thought it was good like better than shadowfall but it's not good it's not better than twilight's uh, company because i gave that an eight so i'm like it has to be in between those so i gave it a 7.75 it's kind of a cop-out but <laughs> honestly talking about it and like me coming to the rationalization of like what these characters have gone through and like being able to see like when you're listening to it you're like okay yeah they're going through all these things i really don't care about whatever's happening here and like chat's going on off of the bender and whatever and just like i really don't in the in the, in the reading of the book experience it the way that i do when i talk to you guys about it because we get different perspectives on it and like even mm-hmm. like my psychology education coming into play with going into like all of these reasons why like they actually are going through these things and there's so much trauma here like we take that for granted sometimes and how much they actually suffer in in a lot of this and that's i think one of the biggest things that really turned me around on is like it is not what i was expecting but it actually gives you a pretty realistic view of like how people make shit mistakes and also suffer from the smallest or biggest of things, right? And it really affects them as a person, as a character, as the story, you know, progresses and stuff like that. So I'd say, like, it was a good ending to, to Shadowfall and to Alphabet Squadron and everything there. Uh, Victory's Price was definitely... I mean, it's aptly named. Everyone had to pay something for Victory in this whether the empire or the republic or alphabet squadron whatever it is right it's all it's 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 victory's price and it's good 7.75 yeah that's fair would we recommend it i would recommend it after this whole discussion i'd probably recommend it (laughs) yeah you you have to read these back to back to back yes if you you don't you're gonna do yourself a disservice i couldn't imagine reading these when they were released no, yeah, yeah. no, because I, I would I wouldn't have picked up the next one. Yeah. I would have been too mad. I would have been yeah, no, this, exactly. is, this is this is dumb. The Shadowfall came out June twenty twenty. This came out March twenty twenty one, and then the first one came out June twenty nineteen. Yeah, so like a year in between each. Yeah, so that's pretty. That's pretty hard. Yeah, so honestly, my I would only recommend this book if you weren't looking for what I was looking for. Yeah, if, if you have no you want preconceived. a story. Yeah, if you want a story of the birth of a squadron and how they work together and <laughs> learn to to be comrades in arms which is what i was expecting and i think that's why i was so disappointed with this book then no yeah i, I wouldn't nice squadrons. It. you get a better experience with vanguard squadron <laughs> yeah or read the old world squadron books yeah. right yeah one of those ones but yeah um if you're looking for more of a really introspective character drama with incredibly great characters yes absolutely recommend it mm-hmm if you want to see how Last Jedi could have done its stupid shit, right? Absolutely buy this book. Because, <laughs> oh my god, there's 
good and bad on both sides. It's like, yeah, no <laughs> shit, but one of them's a Nazi army, and the other one's the resistance. Yeah. As opposed to, hey, look, they're incredibly conflicted people in the Empire and the Rebellion. Oh my god, Grey. You yeah. have to do a stupid loophole or a stupid plot twist for that. So yeah, if that's what you're looking for, then definitely recommend. All right. Yeah. This is the longest uh, Temple Archives we've had in a while. No, it's, 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 the, end of a it's the end of a trilogy. It right? is. It's yeah. definitely good. See, there you go. But uh, yeah, with that being said, let's head into the outro. To the end of this episode of Temple Archives. If you've stuck around this long, thank you very much for, you know, as always, listening to all of our ramblings. But uh, yeah, we've got another trilogy coming up for our next episode. It's going to be a book that I, I'm really looking forward to. I think uh, Dan and I have actually already read this one. Mm-hmm. But we're going to be jumping into the uh, Thrawn trilogy, the second Thrawn trilogy, technically, but time wise, it's the first one. And it is Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising. So I'm super excited about this, getting to learn more about Thrawn, especially in his uh, pre-Empire days, is going to be really, really interesting. Definitely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with this episode, if there's anything you guys agree with or disagree with or you have thoughts on or questions on other things that we might have missed, we'd love to hear from you guys. And there's a whole bunch of ways to contact us. And, uh, Ed, would you mind telling the listeners how they can drop us a line? Absolutely. So you want to first and foremost go to voiceoftheforce.com. There you can find a bunch of other episodes if you've had thoughts and want to hear more before you say anything, or if you just like what you hear and you want to get some sweet merch, there's stuff on there too. Um, but you can find us and contact us by email as well on voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. If email is not your thing and you are a big social media buff, if you've got Twitter, if you've got Instagram, you can find us with the handle at voiceforcepod. Um, any retweets that you put out, like we have, Dan, what's the user's name? Oh, uh, at Rural Farm Boy. See, this example is great. Retweeting posts. You leave yourself on an open comm channel. Let we also everybody have uh, Ryan Bullock. Uh, he's been retweeting, like he's been posting like, pod- like podcast follow and stuff like that in the Star Wars community on Twitter. And he does it every Friday. And every Friday he, he includes uh, us in there. And it's it's really nice. So there's two people that do yeah. it. And I really do appreciate it. That's what that open comm channel does for you. Everybody gets to hear something, and then you go from there. Exactly. Like We're not your enemies, so it's not really bad as Will. So feel free doing it. Yeah, that'd be great, and it helps everybody out. Now, please, please, please remember, you must listen, rate, review, follow, or subscribe, depending on what platform you're on, to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all major podcast platforms. If you leave a five-star review, there will be cake, and it'll be great, and it'll taste fantastic, and it'll be air. But it'll also be nice as a fun. Aperture so... science. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, if you follow for free, you will get updates on the latest episode as soon as it releases. And we try to keep that consistent for you. I believe we're just about caught up now. So that hopefully will be a little more consistent with that, and then you'll be able to definitely plan the day. Like, oh, is it Monday at 12 o'clock? Huh, new episode. So keep your eyes out for that. We try to be as consistent as possible, but we're human. We've, we had our schedule now. We're back on schedule, yeah. so that's that's a good thing. But definitely, definitely, definitely check out our the next Temple Archives. The, he was telling me before, the Thrawn trilogies are amazing. Who's writing this one? Is it still Zahn? Oh, yeah. He's the only one who writes Thrawn. <laughs> so please, there you go. Yeah, man. If that's you all you like need to know. The, if you like the first one. Oh, oh. 
we're, well, this might be another long episode if you like these. Well, the best thing is these books, like the first one was really good and I can't wait to read the second and third one. The, the, it's going to be like three hour episodes every time we do one of these Thrawn books because there's nothing in these books that we're going to hate. We're going to love it all the way through. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. No, there'll still be parts you don't like, but it won't be for the reasons you think. No, that makes sense. No, that's fair. Yeah. Look forward to our episode on that in a couple of weeks. Definitely. And from all, yeah, and from all of us here at Voice of the Force, thank you again for listening, and may the Force be with you.